Such sights to show you. Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Fuck you too! Yo, 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 yo. Is yes. this where we hit the ball? Yeah, you could. There you go. There's Danica for you. Sweet, sweet Danica. Sweet, sweet. <coughs> there we go. That's one way to get it started. Oh, there you go. Yep, that's. That's the chief, Chief Keith himself. So, um, yeah, I was. That's my little song that I just sang for you. I was supposed to go to Turkey Hill before coming here, but uh, as a stoner who was done with work, I ended up coming right here. Somehow time transmogrified. Yeah, I like and led twice, me directly and I like, oh, to my door. I, I remember um, the first time I was on mushrooms. Mm -hmm. The first time I did mushrooms, I blinked and I was inside of a sheets like a <laughs> half an hour away from my house. Yeah, and I, and I was just like, oh. And then I got all the fried food and I blinked and I was back in my room and I was like, oh, I'm still tripping. <laughs> and they're like, where the fuck have you been for the last hour? And I was like driving a motor vehicle in the middle of the night. And they were like, that's Allegedly. that's that's bad. Allegedly. That's bad. So drive imaginary vehicles with me, they said. Yeah. And then I sat down and played Mario Kart for about three hours. That, that'll do it. No, but uh, this will probably be one of the first podcasts in a while that I don't have an alcoholic beverage in my hand. Do you want one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Go into the other room, look immediately left, and grab your uh, your bottle of whiskey that you left on my library shelf. Oh. You said to the left? Yeah, it should be right there. reason why I left that here? Yeah, there's a reason why I always leave alcohol here. It comes back useful. at the most opportune of moments, Mr. Oh. Sir. I don't even know what the fuck this is. Oh, but okay. it definitely is something that I bought. As long as you still got room, okay. She's, yeah, she's yeah. fine. So I yeah, no, you left that here a long fucking time ago, and let me tell you, it's been here since. Yeah. <laughs> um, now... I know what I you're. Imagine this was before Halloween. I know what you're thinking, folks. Did you just enable him? And the answer is yes. Where am I? <laughs> Here's the thing. We we oh. both like just turned thirty. Like, you're turning thirty one in a couple months. I'm turning 32 oh, in a couple 32 months. Oh, turning 32 in a couple months? Okay. Yeah, I'm an old all fuck. All right, all right, all right. I, I, I take that back. I forget which of us are, like, a year already yeah. ahead, which, like, frowns surprisingly is mm -hmm. amongst others. Um, oh, uh, I don't forget, because, uh, you know, as, bunch of baby as ducks one of the elders, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so we're heading towards what I, what I really wanted to talk about, of course, was you and I... Are are going to California mm -hmm. during a, during the mid spookies of of the fall, which we will be recording in destination for, and um, 
the the real thing I was gonna say was uh, get prepared to listen to us probably at our complete highest <laughs> or possibly yeah. drunkest yeah. you've ever seen us record on the podcast because we're gonna you might be one of them and I, I might be the other we yeah. might bo- we might both be two sheets you know to the wind mm-hmm. I have gotten pretty drunk on this podcast before though I mean who hasn't yeah that's I mean that's also fair um, but yeah, that'll be that'll be up there. I'm sure. There was a point in time where, like, as I'm re-listening to the show right now, mm-hmm. there was a point in time where I uh, was drinking instead of smoking because I was trying to like apply for new jobs and stuff. Sure. And that was the last time I think I've been drunk on the show. I'm sure. I'm um, maybe not the last time yeah. I was drunk on the show, but there are these like little pocket moments where someone I hang out with doesn't smoke mm-hmm. and so i turn the entire conversation into drinking and and sure. everyone knows that that's usually my like dr ankenstein episodes or sometimes my my mark rooster episodes or uh my sofa king episodes but regardless i mean regardless i am here today when, when you're not sure where you are it's usually a little bit of column a and a little, a little bit, bit of column, column b, b yeah <laughs> i am here of course with where am I? And um, we're breaking in this new season with probably one of the weirdest things I've ever stumbled upon with Reddit. I'm not trying to like talk it up or talk it down. I don't actually want to have expectations getting into yeah. this, but. There is here. Here's let me let me explain what today's episode is going to be. Today's episode is just going to be reading a story. We are just going to be reading a story, and then we're going to talk about the story, and that's going to be the end of the episode. However, the next episode immediately after this is going to be where am I in and and I, again, reading a thread on Reddit about this story where someone compares it, I believe, to real-life shit that's been happening in the town or the city near them that they've lived in their entire life. So they assume the other person who, like, wrote the story also lives in the same area and used the, like, shit that happened. Well, not even that. Just, like, the shit that happened as a basis for a story. Sure. So, like, I think, again, I'm trying not to give myself, you know, expectations or anything. I think it has to deal with magic. And I think it has to deal. Nope. No. Nope. You told that joke last time when I told you what we would be (laughs) doing. God damn it. Oh, I'll keep it to the one. I'll keep it to the one. You're going to do it 97 times. No, I'll probably forget and do it one more. It's fine. So some type of, I'm thinking, dark fae or like abyssal, you know. And I'm also thinking cult. I think because the two go go hand in hand. Like ritualistic. You know, you you have a group of people who think they can harness a power that they usually can't. And it's usually up to some deity or uh, some 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 spirit 
or mm-hmm. some god of some kind saying like you ain't shit. Well, I almost am imagining like a true detective style where it's just like wouldn't that be you know something? like like grotesque things, but like there's not a ton of like supernatural. It's just like people trying to reach yeah, the supernatural. It's supernatural. just people being fucking crazy. Yeah, like yeah, I'm like into that sacrificial. And, I, and believe it or not, mutilation. I think I think that that's what the companion to this episode has the possibility of being. Yeah. I think what we might read might be totally off base compared to what something someone is comparing it to. Sure. But they might have the facts to back it up. Yeah. Which is where I think it gets interesting. You know, mm-hmm. if we're if we're looking at real life implication, whoo. If we're looking at, I think it's kicked, but I mean, you could have the nastiest rest hit of your life if you want. Sure. <coughs> oh, fuck. Or else you could go grab my grinder in the other room. I'm sure I'll do that, too. Um, if this has real-life implication behind it, and it's something I would be able to even Google while we're going over the second episode, yeah, then I'm going to be into it. Oh, yeah. You know, there's there's something about... Like, the, the research level. Yeah, especially if it's, like, some, like, New Age cult shit. Like, mm-hmm. people don't talk about... Well, do we know, like, the new time age frame cults? of this? Like, I imagine no. it's within the last ten years. If Maybe. people are like, hey, this yeah, happened, if someone you know? If someone's picking up on something, I want to say 2000s, early 2000s at, at the latest. Huh. Mm-mm. I don't remember details, and I try not to on purpose, yeah, yeah. but, like, more so for this one. This one I, I got a long time ago. Um, huh. I should probably, like, you know, time like stamp them, and, yeah. date, and date my shit when I grab it, but I'm I'm usually just so... Mm-hmm. I'm so into just collecting a, a massive amount of shit all at once that it's usually um, the opposite of what's meaningful. Mm-hmm. You're usually supposed to say, like... It's the it's the like ability of one versus the you know the many, but for me it's like nah I want to have more. And Options, I don't yeah. and I don't care about looking more specifically into the less. Sure. So yeah, and I and it is detail oriented. At the end of the day, I'm trying to say, um, let me grab this story as much you know, if it has renown. If mm-hmm. people like it, so I usually go to the best of sections of, of websites. Sure. And then, or highly recommended, or top, mm-hmm. top, people's top ten lists and stuff. And if, if I have, we read it on the show. And Ransom, which we're going to be calling uh, today and the next episode's episode, um, it's called The Ransom Saga. And I don't know if Ransom is going to be... Uh, a subjective way to term the event or if it's a location sure, or if it's an act or if it's just a cool nickname. Yeah. It could just be like a cool file name or something. Yeah. It could be a person's name. Um, but yeah, it's called the ransom saga. If anyone wants to look into it online, Cause you know, I'm sure while we're reading it, you're already going to be like looking into this shit. Um, I don't promise, you know, that the episode after this one is going to be entertaining. Like I can't, I can't promise that, 
the oh, the we'll idea. Make it I mean, it's sure, about the story we, or not. we try. We yeah, tr- we try. Yeah. We do try. We do try to entertain. That is that is our job here. Um, if we were not entertaining, we would not have all of our wonderful fans and hundreds of episodes of bullshit. Yeah. So, it's obviously people find us entertaining enough to listen to, but. For episode one, that's going to be base level because we're just reading a fucking story. Mm-hmm. For for episode two, we're actually going to be talking about something more that people that people are finding online or someone is. I think someone even like tells a story in connection to this story and try to says, you know, try tries to say something along the lines of like, I know no one's going to believe me, but there's this story on Reddit that kind of sounds a lot like what's going on in my hometown, and I mm-hmm. think I think that thread devolves, and I might have just saw selected some of the top comments or I might have select if it was an entire story if it was its own entire sure. own entire reddit thread that I might have described the entire thread. I don't I don't want to get too much into that part of it right now because we will be getting into it later, but I feel like that's what the split is. So if there was any type of any type of direction you think this would go in you know what are you what are you thinking what do you want what do you want to see here because we've um, been through a lot of series together yeah and I it usually see... comes down to was demons so you know are yeah. we are we kind of painting ourselves into the same corner i mean honestly with cults can go was yeah, demons with with this kind of facet like was demons wouldn't be the worst no, you know, I'd accept to, it to to wander down. If it's a one and two kind of punch where we find sure. out that there's real shit going on, I don't know. If there's real shit going on, part of oh, me yeah. wants it to not be was demons. Same. I mean, I I am thinking that it's going to be a little bit more like um, witchcrafty, like uh, yeah, pagan. Exactly. Very much like a, a pagan style. Yeah. Like, what um, if we stumble onto our own kind of like Salem? You know, yeah, where, that's, where it's like that's exactly a bunch what I'm of a bunch of witchy head. douchebags online talking mm-hmm. to each other, and then they get together some someday and kill yeah, themselves. Yeah, try and like set the school on fire <laughs> right. with their minds. Yeah. You know, that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah I guess that's fine. Right, that's a, that's a workable enough explanation of where I could see this story going. Yeah, I do think I'm gonna get a little bit more whiskey in me before we start reading. I think that's uh, yeah. No, that that that's certainly an option. Um, that's the plan for me. I'm gonna go ahead and get that. Oh, yeah, it's immediately immediately <sighs> going into the fact that it's a, a a town. So ransom is a town. In Virginia. You know, I was kind of hoping it was uh, like Vermont or something, but Virginia works. Yeah, like what's the worst thing that's happened in Virginia? Uh. Like, Virginia itself, or, like, Washington, D.C., which is basically the same thing as Virginia. Oh, man, I really wasn't looking to get political about this. Uh, uh, I don't, you know, not political, like, just geographically, you know, like, because I, I can imagine I, that a lot I was of really, things... I was really just looking for what's the funniest thing that you could make up about being awful in Virginia. Oh. I feel like the closest thing I could think of is, I think that that's where the Bunny Man Bridge uh, myth comes from, which is the idea about some asshole wearing a a bunny mask who sits on a bridge with either an axe or a bat and tries to kill anyone who crosses it. It's one of those old school covered bridges. Apparently I know less about Virginia than you do. 
Uh, that's literally, if I'm literally, if I'm being honest, and that's the literal only thing I can think of when it comes to huh? Virginia, I think I'm fucking retarded. Well, I, I think of uh, Virginia's for lovers, which I'm still just like, nah, Ohio for, is for lovers is better. That's but, fair. Like, that's what, you know, basketball, I guess. What What else happens in Virginia, though? Um, I think of that song from the musical 1776. Sure. Declaration of Independence. What? Nicolas Cage. Okay, okay. Uh... But that's about it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm retarded. <laughs> um, what else is now? Uh, Ransom, Ransom, Virginia. Uh, someone Google it. Let us know in the comments if it's real or not. Because <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna run with the pretext that it is and that we're stupid. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll no, take I think that. that's fair. We don't need all the answers. You guys do. <laughs> Let us just kind of drunkenly stumble along. And by drunkenly stumble along, I mean give me that bottle. There you go, sir. It's uh, it's definitely got a very um, piney taste in your in your throat. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah. It's I don't remember a, why I got that. It's got a kick. Mm-hmm. It's got a. Is a oh. bourbon. It is a bourbon, I forgot. Yeah. Ezra... Ezra Brooks. Brooks? Mm -hmm. Kentucky. Nah, sorry, Ezra. We're talking about Virginia, yeah. you silly son of a bitch. Virginia's where the people go to drink the bourbon and the whiskey. Mmm. But yeah, um... Are you feeling it? Are we ready? Oh, I'm ready to go. Do you want to start? Sure. So, just to, like, clarify, the series was found on No Sleep, obviously, and it's under the thread uh, of a story called, or, again, a thread, I don't know if this is, if this is the first part, is this the first part? So, we... I think that gave us a date, didn't it? I wasn't paying it. I tried to look at it as little as I possibly could. Sure. Um, so yeah, let me let me get back into it. Um, just to re-clarify, this is a series from Reddit No Sleep, but for just this episode, we're just gonna read the story. Um, the story series, as it is so called, is my hometown doesn't exist, and. That's fun. Yeah. What what does that mean? Um what could that mean? So, what's the thing where like it's Berenstein and Berenstein and like people don't know how to Mandela it's effect. Yeah. I think it might be something like that, similar to where it's like, no, of course I, this town exists, but like I move I haven't been there in like 20, you know, 15 years. And like but like of course person, that town exists. The last like, dude, person that town doesn't exist. Yeah, the last person that's like been there, quote unquote, is just this old man who doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And like the only thing he remembers is like being the last one in town and it was just an empty fucking sarcos sarcophagus of a of a city. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. I don't think it's going to be nearly as serious, but uh, you know, we're going to get into it. I'm going to let Where Am I start with it. Okay, so um, I'm apparently from a town that doesn't exist. 
I grew up in the little town of Ransom, Virginia. Shout out. It's right on the southern border between Virginia and North Carolina. I don't know that area well enough. It's your average East Coast town. Complete with a cool little downtown area full of red brick storefronts and colonial style homes. It was an amazing little place. To the best of my memory. I went to the college in the Richmond Tri-City area in another little town called Chester. That town still exists. I was waxing nostalgic uh, last month and took a trip back there to check things out. The first, but not the weirdest, part of the story is that my school no longer exists either. <laughs> I had a hell of a time there, uh, and it was a time better left forgotten. So it didn't bum me out too much to realize it had gone away. The buildings are still there, surrounded by the deep, dark woods that my friends and I have so many terrifying memories in. Uh, it's just the school as an entity which no longer exists. I looked it up on my phone, and it died the way I, I guess most schools do. It stopped attracting new students, probably after my experiences there. Uh, it stopped making money, and then it was absorbed by a sister college. Oh well, I thought, it's better this way. So I set out from my old school and decided to head south to see my old stomping grounds. It was a couple hour drive, uh, but I finally got to the road I used to take, State Road 666. No Not kidding. Good. It heads southwest, and then there's an exit right before you get to Branchville that heads south. My first hint that the trip wasn't going well was that the exit didn't exist anymore at all. There was no sign of it. I remember crossing Broad Street in Branchville, but there wasn't even any sign that Broad Street had ever been a four-way. Uh, I parked my car at the auto body shop in Branchville and crossed Broad Street on foot where I remember Chip's convenience store marking the entrance to Ransom. But it wasn't there at all. As a child, I loved going on long trips because leaving Ransom meant passing the big plastic brontosaurus in their parking lot. It was customary for us to stop at Chips, get drinks and those little candy cigarettes you can't find anymore, and then I'd wave to Chip, the brontosaurus, brontosaurus, as we drove away. Uh, there wasn't a wire or a fragment or anything left of the gas station or the dinosaur. Crossing the em empty field where it had been, I entered Ransom. Uh, what I saw there shocked me beyond belief. So we we're pretty much right. It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's a town that literally just... Poof. Yeah, em like... Emptied out. Mm -hmm. There was no sign that anything had ever been there at all. No buildings, no ruins, no foundations, nothing. Not a brick, nor a plank. The roads looked like they were still there, but... They were just paths running through barren farmland now. It didn't make any sense to me at all. What made less sense was how I felt. I felt like there was someone following me. Mm. Or maybe a group of someone's. Hell yeah, dude. But there was no one there. It all felt so real. Very terrifying, even in broad daylight. It was almost as though the town didn't want me there. And it was going to hide until I left. Mm-hmm. I went back and got my car, then sat there till I was sure no one was coming. 
on the deep country road, that didn't take very long. I drove over Broad Street and south into the fields where my, t my hometown used to be. I followed the road the whole way. It was exactly the way I remembered it. Only, there wasn't a town there. Every turn, every intersection, every inch of the roads in Ransom were exactly the way I remembered them. But instead of paved streets, it was all dust roads passing between empty fields. This was complete nonsense to me. Ransom was more than four times the size of Branchville, but not a single shred of evidence that my hometown was ever there. Not only that, but there was even a smaller town just east of Ransom called Durleth that wasn't there either anymore. There used to be a wooden covered bridge between the two. Oh shit, bunny man. But the road didn't even turn that way anymore. And the river had dried up. Ah, bunny man moved out. All the landmarks were the same. The river, the lake on the west side of town. I used to go canoeing in it. The hill, the forest crowned hill on the northeast corner of the town that used to have that creepy mansion on top. It was bald and bare now. It's grass blackened by a fire a long time ago. It was obviously my town, but the town itself wasn't there. Around sunset, yeah. I started to feel strange again. This time, it wasn't the paranoia of being followed, but rather that something awful was descending on me from above. Even better. It had been a nice day, but storm clouds were converging on me. And that might have been the source of my weird feelings. I doubt it, though. Clouds is... It was demons. Clouds... <laughs> Clouds do not equal feeling followed. Feeling followed is yeah. like shadows and movement and timing and placement. Mm -hmm. Like like feeling followed, feeling paranoid is a completely different state of mind. And it's usually true. If you're feeling it, it's usually true. Well, usually, yeah. Usually, yeah. Y yeah. Stopping in Branchville to get gas for the long drive home. I asked the attendant what happened to Ransom. He spit and looked at me like I just asked him if I could kill his family. <laughs> you must be mistaken, he said with a thick southern accent. And then he said nothing more. You must be mistaken. <laughs> I went home a little depressed, but more creeped out than anything. Looking up on looking up Ransom on Google Maps got me nowhere, but when I looked up Branchville, I scrolled south and was greeted by the exact same thing. Empty fernland with dirt roads that match the streets in Ransom perfectly. I haven't been on the best of terms with my parents since an incident that occurred on my 13th birthday. I'll never get over it. They were feeding him mushrooms the whole time. I got my penis stuck in the zipper of my pants and it irrevocably changed my life forever and still to this day my parents call me pp zip zip <laughs> it was bad enough that i had to be raised by an uncle from then on i figured this situation called for a little bit of bridge building so uh, good luck i dialed the old number for memory and hoped it was still there i got my mother my dad she said uh, was there, but wasn't in much of a talking mood. 
I tried to catch up with her, but it seemed to be the last thing she was interested in. Well, yeah, you haven't talked to her since you were fucking 13. Maybe. Outside of, like, basic pledges and trees, maybe holiday wishes, birthdays and stuff. Yeah. She wouldn't pick up the phone if they were on that bad of terms. Fair enough, fair enough. Before it could get too uncomfortable, I started to excuse myself. But I wanted to find out what happened to Ransom. I don't remember most of the call verbatim, but I'll never forget how the conversation ended. Hey, Ma. I've got to go. Uh, one more thing, though. Where are you guys living nowadays? There was no pause, no thought, no second guessing. She answered without missing a beat. Oh, we're still in ransom, honey. <laughs> I just quit my job and emptied my bank accounts. I'm heading back tonight. Interesting. I don't know if I'd need to quit my Wait, job what? and head back. <laughs> Wait, what? What the hell? What? It sounds like something you'd decide on like a random Tuesday. I've quit my job uh, and I'm emptying my bank account. <laughs> you call up Captain Death. Uh, listen, I quit my job and I'm emptying my bank accounts. I'm coming over. <laughs> I, I've been close. Uh, I've been close before. That was just a joke. But no, like... <laughs> it, it was way less than a joke, man. That, like, I've been really close before. All right, so... I've, I've, I wouldn't empty my bank account, but like... It's it's interesting, though, that, you know, without Maybe a beat, without second guessing, just immediately saying, I'm in ransom, but, and he was like, but I was there, and it wasn't there. What, what does this mean? But why did he quit his job? Why didn't he take what a leave of absence for three weeks? Yeah, FMLA. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, we don't like, know what time this actually took place. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it is definitely somewhere post-2000, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know what his job was. If I went to my boss and I said, something is wrong with my mother, I'm not sure I what, need I need the next week. three weeks. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I need a week. My boss would go, Okay. Uh, my boss is my mother, so she'd probably go, what well, the fuck are you talking about? You sound fucking insane. Do I need to drug test you again just to watch you fail, you stupid son of a bitch? Sure. Anyway, I'm going to take part two. I like, I, like, I like a good hook ending like that, though, that says we are yeah. not... We are this no. Is, yeah, we are this no isn't going longer, the way you think it is. We yeah. are no longer in the normal world. We have sure. we have crossed over to the no sleep territory zone mm -hmm. where weird shit can happen without explanation. Well, and I'll be honest, I am more excited for the the you know the nonfiction part than the fiction. For real? Oh yeah. Like I I am curious. If the story is cool, I'll agree with you. And right now it's cool. Oh, yeah. But if it if it loses well, all sure. if it dies out, if it, it loses dies, you know. all secrecy or goes was demons too hard, then I'm gonna I'm gonna backpedal the fuck out of it. But you get for, more upset by the was demons than I do. It's dude, it's because you're I've not on all it. you're not on all the other oh, episodes aware. that I'm on. I'm very aware. Because I'm on all of them. Yeah. And uh, Was Demons is... I'm here three times a year. It's 25% of all stories we read. Yeah. You know, that means that there's, at this exact moment, there's something like 75 episodes out there that are all Was, <laughs> was Demons related. But yeah, like, uh, you know, I don't think that's where it's going. It sounds more ooky spooky supernatural. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Part two. Uh, I will read for narrator. You will read for anyone like quotes, they're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. to or anything like that. I'm going to get my ass on the next one out. 
So, I woke up in the hotel this morning around 10.15am. That was about 40 minutes ago. I responded a bit to your guys' comments, but I was really weirdly disoriented. Like, I didn't remember why I was at this hotel or how I'd gotten there for a good bit of time. I uploaded pics of Google Maps with my memory of Ransom drawn over the top. They are here, which is fun, cool, kind of uh, boundary-breaking, do doing the whole I'm going to talk to my audience thing. So is this, a, this, is this a separate post on Reddit, or is this still within the same... This is probably a separate post because they have, like, yeah. word okay. limits and shit. Okay. I know that the word limit is past three pages, but this still might have been a separate post to keep track of things. Sure. I think there are either a lot more or a lot less houses than I drew there, but I'm certain the businesses and town buildings are spot on. I even remember the names of a few of them, although I could also be remembering that incorrectly. I tried calling my parents again this morning, and I called four or five times, and each time I didn't get an answer. My mother told me on the last call that they're retired now and should always be home and to call any time. And I'm not too nervous yet, but last night I couldn't sleep for a while. So obviously I hung out on no sleep. I read some stories. I upvoted, downvoted, had a generally dick wanking time. As long See, as I, I was looking. I have other reddits for. For, for dick wanking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no sleep's not on that list. As long as I was looking at my tablet. The hotel room looks completely different by day than it does at night. The whole layout is wrong. Everything is there. Just not in the same places. Also, last night, there were some phenomena I couldn't account for. Whenever I would look around, I would see human-sized and shaped figures casually strolling about in my room. This sounds like sleep paralysis. I would turn to get a good glimpse of them, sure. expecting them not to be there, and wished I hadn't, because they were there, until I turned a light on. At one point I tried pointing my tablet at them instead, and that was a terrible idea. You know how when you look at someone's face in the dark it gets weird and scary? Well, that's what happened. I couldn't- I already couldn't see them, but they got worse even though I still couldn't see them. Now you're losing me a little bit. Yeah. Then there was the shadow, we I've need, seen this before. We need better before. adjectives. Yeah, start describing things better. It sits in the corner of the room and moves and pulsates and can even change corners, although it normally doesn't. And when you look at it, it shrinks and stays dormant, but when you look away, it does what it wants. This was in the corner of the ceiling, right above my bed, to the right as I was looking up. See, the, we're, getting, we're getting better on the adjectives. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. It's, it's the, what's hard for me to believe is we were... We were clinched with some reality and it's already going into I see shadows and ghosts in my hotel room yeah that went from 0 to 60 in 3.5 I can always just assume that these quote unquote visions were connected to my fear both from reading stories on here and from the situation as a whole uh no no sir do we have time for a side side quest Oh, uh, I'll have a momentary sidebar with where am I starting now. What is the fastest you've ever driven in a car? 160 miles per hour, something oh, like that. Jesus Christ, what was that in? Um, my friend had a, um, I used to hang out with a car club. I used to photograph okay. for them and stuff. Hmm, and my dope. friend had a, uh, I want to say it was a WRX. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, especially the STI, baby. 
I, th- I believe yeah. it was. It yeah. was a souped-out one. That was... And he was racing, oh, yeah. uh, I want to say, a uh, a souped-up uh, Mitsubishi of some kind. So the the STI is the car I've, I've sat in the passenger seat of with the most horsepower of any vehicle that I've been in. Um, but I just recently bought myself a Supra. So I've... That doesn't feel I've genuine. Sort of I'm going to change my limits. answer to 120 which i did myself in my mini cooper so you were in the passenger seat of the of the of the wrs okay, that's fair that's fair um my previous high was 138 okay. which was the blue civic si okay uh and i demolished that recently my new max yeah. is 163 yeah, okay so Shit. yeah uh, yeah with like i won't ever admit that i was drunk that night but Allegedly. Uh, can can I ask to the purpose of this sidebar? Not super drunk, like not drunk drive, you know, but like. No, I mean, why are you thinking about shit. driving a car really fast? Because you said zero to sixty in three point five. God damn it! I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little. That's high. hilarious. Yeah, that's what I asked if I, I could sidebar gonna, first. I thought you were gonna be like. No, dude, dude. Remember when I saw sh- shadows in your room, and I was gonna be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You've no, never, no. You've never said that before in your life. If I, if you had said no to the sidebar, I would have completely forgotten about that conversation that's in ho- like that's fifteen seconds. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So let me sidebar real quick and say, let's get some bourbon. <laughs> I, I, let me sidebar real quick and just say. I absolutely have had sleep paralysis before, and I absolutely have seen yeah. shit before, and my my experience of it does not come from reading stories on here and staying up late at night. It's the wrong chemical imbalance at the wrong time, hit at the wrong position when your body is in, in your bed. Like, that's, that's when that happens. Sure. And it's like, the idea that this person is getting paranoid enough to start seeing things in their room i don't necessarily know if i buy it unless they're young yeah which doesn't sound like so it reminds me of there's a movie uh where it's like a creepy owl and the girl thinks that like her husband got abducted by aliens oh yeah yeah it's uh and then like yeah at the end of the movie it's like she murdered her husband or something close encounters of the like fifth kind or something like that no i think it was a different it was around that era though it was the same era as the close encounters or maybe it was i don't remember it probably was or it was fifth fifth something yeah and it was just like the whole movie was like super supernatural i know what you're talking about and then all of a sudden it was like hey you murdered your husband and you're crazy and it was like well now i don't fucking believe anything that you said ever in your life right you know Hashtag was aliens, not so much. Yeah. Was murderous bitch. Yeah. Anyway, there were no voices, maybe some whispering and rustling, but these are too easy to attribute to neighbors and wind. There was some cold, but I was in a hotel room with shoddy AC. I can't assume it was supernatural using only empirical evidence. My gut tells me that it was a warning to not go any further. Like the incident last night where I subcant where I subconsciously wrote, don't go to ransom in the middle of a comment. Anyway, there are a lot of you wondering why I would just abandon everything and go on a wild goose chase. The answer is simple. Is it? Is it simple? This is what I do. 
<laughs> All right, so you're unstable. I like it. Yeah. My uncle left me a substantial amount of inheritance money, and so I get piddly jobs where I go just to make sure I don't go crazy. I most recently worked in a frozen yogurt shop, but my life has been full of these events where I have to uproot and run somewhere. As I mentioned in the comments in the last story, it started when I was 13. Whenever I have downtime from this expedition, I'll post some of my stories from before, starting with the story from when I was 13. I don't want to spam no sleep, but I think this entry is already long enough and warrants its own post. I'll probably try to drive it through and make it to and make it at least to Virginia by 3 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. At that point, I'll probably really need sleep, but I'll try to post the story of when I was 13 before I conk out. I'm stopped for a while again in Arkansas. Here's some backstory about the events when I was 13, which is um, a separate thread called Montega Manor most likely in the same same thread obviously sure you want to take it yeah typed this up as fast as i could it's the backstory to this post and this one the last two i'm in a roadside hotel near conway arkansas right now i seem to be making excellent time so many of you have requested it so this is the story of when I was 13, you've all heard so much about. And because the more you know the backstory, the more you might be able to understand my situation and how to help. Uh, there's quite a bit to post, but I'll do it one at a time starting with this. The moment in time when my life changed forever. So when I turned 13, I had a huge birthday bash. Ransom isn't, wasn't awesome. that big, so I only had three real friends that came over. Well, two real friends and one of my friend's friends. There was Nate Trost, my best friend, Donnie Wellhand, who was a weird little kid with a stutter, and Shane, whose last name I don't think I even knew because he was Nate's friend. And I don't think Nate knew him that well either. We were camping, not in a real campsite, just a spot in the woods where it was creepy and cool. It's marked on the map. Uh, and had a fire going. We were, as kids do, telling scary stories around it. I had spent all week trying to memorize the book Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark so I could wow my friends. But it was Shane who ended up stealing the show. First... He showed us how he could take a paper airplane he'd made and throw it into the fire and would immediately sucked in and burned up. Then he made another and said some weird words over it, then threw it back into the fire where it sat unharmed until he pulled it out. His arm hair was singed, but the airplane didn't have a single burn on it. Then he told us about Montega Manor. The old house up on the hill, in the northeast corner of town. You could see it from almost anywhere in town. But it was super close and super clear from here. He said that the guy who built it, Desmond Montiga, was sort of a practitioner of some weird art. Uh, and his seven children all went missing 
over the course of several years. All the normal stories you'd expect. He even said the house had a habit of burning down and then coming back somehow, sometimes even overnight. It was crazy. It sounded weird and spooky and amazing all at once. And of course, as the birthday boy, I had to go. We dropped everything and made our way through the dense woods towards the house. There was a river running in front of it that doesn't seem to be any there anymore, by the way. Just a dry bed, uh, which we forded. My friends all got across before me and continued on. But there was something weird for me that stopped me in my tracks. My friends didn't seem to feel it, but I was very weird about this whole thing. There was some kind of force, like a heavy cloud pushing me away. I didn't want to continue all of a sudden, but it was me who requested we go, and Nate would really hammer home how much of a little girl I was if I didn't do it. Shane came back and helped me cross. He said some weird words in my ear, uh, and said it was a Gaelic prayer his mother used to recite to him when he was scared. I pressed on, but with fear building, I remember seeing it up close for the first time. It was just about 3 a.m. and the house was nearly invisible to the inky darkness. It was one of the biggest houses I had ever seen. There was no light and no evidence that anyone lived there or had for a while. The field around it was burned somewhat, but seemed to be regrowing in places. Behind it was the thickest part of the forest, crowning it from behind the dark, shaggy peaks. I felt extremely uncomfortable, knowing that no one had probably been back there for a very long time, if ever. Lots of the doors and windows were broken and boarded. The front door was no exception, seeming boarded up more than heavily anywhere else. We decided to split up and walk around the house and find another entrance. Shane and Nate went right while I and Donnie took left. At this point, there was a weird buzzing sound. I had lived in Virginia most of my life up to this point, so I was aware of the sound of the crickets and the cicadas and the locusts and the annoying little frogs. This was not that sound. It sounded more like bees. Only a really large number of them. And really far away, but still getting closer. From here on out, wherever I was, outside the mansion, I heard it. And by the time I left, it was almost on top of me. But I never saw the source. Donnie and I found a small shed in the side yard. And from the roof, it looked like we could access a broken second story window. We clambered up, and I went in first, with Donnie complaining the whole time that we shouldn't be there. I just ignored him. I shouldn't have. The room the window opened into was a little girl's bedroom, but old and unlived in. The mirror on the vanity was broken. Rotten clothes and furniture littered the room. There were about a million porcelain <laughs> dolls on the dresser. I'm out. <laughs> this bugged me quite a bit, but I decided to hurry through the room without even giving a rip about Donnie. 
As I hurried through the room, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. The reflection in the mirror was not me. I saw a long, dark hair and a much paler complexion. I turned quickly, but was greeted only with the shattered reflection of my own face. I still wish I hadn't turned, though, because I know for a fact I saw one of the dolls move. I looked away and tried to exit, but curiosity got to the best of me. I turned back from the door and swore I was going to see all the dolls turning to face me. I actually saw that happened in my mind's eye, like it really happened. Then the vision faded, and it wasn't so. They hadn't all moved. Not all of them. Just one. Donnie burst into the movement of the reflective and terrified scene. It was then I realized the doll hadn't moved at all. He asked me, in the stuttering, quivering of a voice, if I had seen it too. The doll? I replied. No, of course not. It couldn't be that simple. The sheets on the bed moved like someone was under them and got up. Chalking it up to a, an infestation of some kind, I hurried Donnie out of the room and closed the door behind us. The second floor looked down onto the first one. But it was inky black and in the house, and so we couldn't see down there, even though our eyes were getting adjusted. The second floor hall, rimmed with decorative iron banisters for safety, had several doors and some paintings, but no pictures or photographs. I can't remember what type of paintings they really were, but I remember some nudity. Ooh. I was a teenager, so of course I remember that. Titties. It was in this hall. I still remember titties. Yeah, I love titties, man. It was in this hall that I first saw that black shadow. I mentioned in my last post, just sitting in the corner of the ceiling, fluctuating in size and shape, kind of staring at me, eyeless but not blind. I've seen it many times since... But this first encounter is still the creepiest. I wanted to get away with it, but I figured Nate and Shane were investigating downstairs. So we should be checking it out up here. So instead of going down the stairs, I tried the doors. It didn't budget her at first, but the handle turned freely. Something blocked the door, maybe. Donnie tried it too, and we exchanged glances before we both tried to open it together. Pulling our shoulders into it, it felt like something on the other side gave way and the door started to open. That's where the visions began. I clearly remember this like it was yesterday, even though it was 20 years ago. I could see a dead body on the other side, swollen and maggot-eaten, its face leathery and wrinkled, its gums pulled back to reveal a gaping maw of teeth and a deathly rigid smile. It slipped down the door and fell away until the door opened freely. Then it was over in a flash. I get these still every time I encounter something weird. I call them flashes, but they are just quick glimmers of an image that isn't really there. My dude, that's called your imagination, and you're not 
you're not having some sort of premonition. You're just crazy, wildly creative to the point of anxiety. Yeah, anxiety is a great word for it. I don't know. I don't buy the flashes because he's trying to paint them as premonitions. Sure. So needless to say, the corpses weren't really there. The room turned out to be an office or library or study or, or some something. Uh, it was cobwebby, but otherwise uninteresting. Donnie wasn't happy and was growing more and more agitated. He begged me to leave, but I shot him down and turned out of the room to continue investigating. It was just about this time that I heard screaming coming from the stairs and rapid banging as someone ascended. <laughs> I was terrified, and so was Donnie, but I held my ground. It was just Shane. But he looked terrified, and he was bleeding from a bump on his head. He was complaining about Nate, that he had left him all alone because he was playing a trick on Donnie and scare him somewhere in the darkness. But things were happening, and he was terrified. He had seen a corpse. But it was walking towards him, and, oh. then, it, and then it disappeared? Whoa! <laughs> it was then that he looked behind me and screamed. Instinctively, I turned and started swinging. I could feel my fists connecting with that same slimy, maggot-eaten corpse. I could almost see in the dark its recessed eyes and exposed teeth just a few feet from my face. I realize now that this was another flash, and looking back I wish I had had more self-control. I beat that monster to a pulp, and it wasn't until I realized that Donnie was screaming for Nate, something he never would have done, that I stopped and looked at what I had done. I recall blood was all up my arms and sleeves, and Donnie's dropped flashlight rolled across the floor. I recall pulling the broken tooth out of my knuckle. I recall looking down and seeing Nate, my best friend, missing most of his front teeth and not any longer having a recognizable nose. Both his eyes were swollen shut. I looked up at Donnie, who was still screaming. He wouldn't shut up. He just kept backing away from me until he was leaning into the iron banister. It gave way behind him, and he fell. A second later, the screaming stopped. I cried. For the first time in my life, really cried. Looked back to Nate. I didn't detect breathing. I didn't know how to check for a pulse. Donnie was probably dead, if not dying, and Shane had disappeared. I thought at first he had fallen down the stairs, but that might have been another flash because I remember a shadowy hand coming up from the darkness of the staircase and pulling him even though it, I hadn't been looking at him. Passing out on Nate's chest and lying there unconscious for a while. I had violent dreams of my own death and the torture and torment of my friends. When I awoke, it was demons. Oh... When I awoke, oh, fuck. <laughs> when I awoke, I didn't bother wandering into the darkness to look for the bodies of Donnie or Shane. I ran from that house. When I cleared the house, 
through the slightly ajar garage door Nate and Shane must have used. It was still pitch black out. I checked my watch, and it was still 3 a.m. on the nose. So that's what happened. I was inconsolable for a while. My parents didn't send me back to school, and I stayed in bed for about a month. There were stories that I overheard about people trying to find the boys who had been lost in the house. I thought I heard they'd been successful, but I don't know if they were found alive or dead, if at all. And after my dad started trading me really strangely, it was almost as though they had found them alive and they told the police that I was the one who tried to kill Nate. If they had found them, it didn't matter. I never saw any of them again. This is when I got sent to my uncle's. That whole time is a blur. He was physically and emotionally abusive. <laughs> Thankfully, not sexually. Oh. But he knew the story, I think, and he wouldn't tell me. I don't remember that time very well, and I'm sure my brain has forgotten it on purpose, but the memories I do have aren't, aren't very good. I don't talk to my parents or, or anyone from Ransom in all that time, and I live every day with regret and guilt at something I know wasn't my fault. Sounds like it was a lot of your fault. It probably was a lot of his fault. Yeah. That's this story. I'm going to sleep now. And when I get up, I'm going to continue on to Ransom. My original estimate was 3 p.m., but I might not get there until 7 p.m. now. I won't go all night. At least, not at first. So I'll probably write another backstory and get a room for the night before I continue on. Update. Leaving Conway, Arkansas. Interesting. Um, you know, you know how I'm feeling right now? Hungry? No. Oh, I'm munchies. So, th the thing I'm feeling right now is unreliable narrator. Correct. And, I agree. Like, absolutely. And I'm feeling unreliable narrator because I don't give a fuck about these flashes. You just beat the shit out of your best friend because he yeah. played a prank on you and you're just a pussy. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm being harsh, but I'm, sure. you know, I'm, no, I'm I mean, saying, I'm saying it to make a point. And like, I, I understand like seeing red and like having like, black sure, but sessions, you don't, you don't kill but, a man. From seeing yeah. Red. Like, like you punch and, your friend, and not a couple, unprovoked, you, you know, punch like, your friend a couple times and then you find out, Oh, it's just, you know, yeah, like, Oh, it's scary. So it's I just destroyed new. your nose. Well, oh, it's scary. I knocked out all of his teeth to the point where one of them was lodged into my fucking fist. Yeah. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah, you're not, you're not yeah. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, you know? Like, yeah. the best you did was maybe break his nose and leave him a little bit bruised, you know? Sure. That's that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at this kid reads too many comic books is where mm -hmm. I'm at. This kid reads too much no sleep is where I'm at. <laughs> but anyway, well, he did admit to reading some anyway, no sleep. It's very true. Let's get back to the part that I did like, which is the ransom saga about my hometown not existing. So let's stay out of the past. So yeah. Hopefully you get all the past parts and I just get the missing city uh, stuff. Hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> all right. 
I just woke up. I'm leaving Conway as soon as possible, and it's going to suck because from here on out, it's almost all back roads and little state rural routes through wooded area and small towns. At least I'm not going to have to make this drive at night. So, um, about last night. Unlike my first night on the road, I went to sleep right away instead of staying up to answer comments. I was straight up exhausted. I kept waking up, though. The first time, there was a woman in bed with me. <laughs> nice. I looked at her, and she started having a seizure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I find the nope meme to be absolutely hilarious. It brings me into a clear state of mind. I used to use all sorts of different methods to dispel funky things from happening, but now I just nope. I'm not going to write this anymore, though, because I know a lot of you are here to be scared, and I don't want this ruining that mood. Too late. So suffice to say, I noped. <laughs> and she very politely obliged and disappeared in such a way that made me question whether it was supernatural or just a flash I tend to get. What the fuck? So he's having a seizure and you're dude, like, no, you can leave now. Take your seizure somewhere else. This dude is seeing, like, edgy early 2000s horror flick, yeah. like, edits in his head. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, he's watched 13 Ghosts too many times. It's the, uh, the... The chick from the ring is like, yeah. it is the, like, hey, you didn't, you didn't fall asleep with me, but I'm here. Yeah. You know, just stupid shit. Dude plays too much Silent Hill. Later on in the night, I was awoken by a deep hmm sound. <laughs> I mean, it's it's H M M M M M question mark question mark. I I'm making it sexual. Definitely. <laughs> I rolled over and saw this awful figure staring down at me. <laughs> at full height, it must have reached the ceiling, but it was bent over and staring right into my face. It was solid black with fuzzy borders like a shadow. I'm not sure how I could tell where its eyes were, but they were black on black and it was staring at me. I Late can't come while you're sleeping. Wake up, wake <laughs> up. Right. I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me during... Later, I woke up and realized there were several of him, and they were all coming. This is not the first <laughs> encounter with this entity, but I had no idea he had brothers. Oh, Brother Bukaki. <laughs> I got up and walked around. Step, bro. Why are you in the shadows? It was maybe 5 a.m. I performed a cleansing ritual. Let's repeat, <laughs> repeat ESPN fucking double zoom in. <laughs> cleansing ritual. And then went to take a shower. While in the shower, I noticed something Wait, through the so white... The, sh no, the I'm, I need to is different than the shower? Shh, he lit up some oregano and walked around <laughs> saying, uh, Ooga Chaka, Ooga Chaka, Ooga Chaka. While in the shower, I noticed something through the white shower curtain. It happened several times, fading in and out, getting closer and drawing away. I was absolutely certain that I saw a face. The face of the woman from earlier in my experience in the night. It was faded through the curtain, but obviously there. I pulled the curtain back several times, but as long as I was looking straight at her, she wasn't there. I've actually had that type of experience in the shower before, but it's I'm usually like, dude, you're just high. Stop fucking letting the cold air into the shower. I usually have that experience from the other end. Like, if I'm using the toilet and you're the shower's closed, the shower, I'm like, I someone's in there! I feel you. Know. I'm still feeling followed, even in broad daylight. I always feel like there's something far behind me, but following steadily. I've had a few flashes in regards to this, and I frequently see around four figures. Sometimes three or five, and sometimes a large group, but mostly four. Four horsemen of the apocalypse. I would have thought that the experiences of last night were all psychological, but I know the tall shadow man. 
I'm too far away from Ransom for this to be starting already. I know I'm in for one hell of a ride. I thought it was psychological, but it's always been psychological, so how would it be psychological this time? I bought an air card. Hopefully it works in alternate dimensions, if indeed this is what I'm going into. It won't plug into my tablet, though, so once I get to Ransom, I'm only going to be able to post when I leave and go back to my laptop. Google Maps says I'm still 15 hours away, but at this rate, my 7 p.m. estimate is moving back to 10 p.m., which will be 1 a.m. local time. I'll get a room somewhere ASAP and post on my progress and plans. I won't post which hotel I'm staying at because I don't want any of you to foolhardily any young any of you foolhardy young adventurers unexpectedly showing up on me. Although thank you all of you very sincerely for your willingness. So I'm going to start posting these in such a way that it'll make a little more sense. I'll call them the Ransom Saga, followed by a tag of either update or backstory, and then a number. I feel like there may be a lot of them by the time that this is over. So I do understand, like, the pushing back of the time, pushing back of the time. Uh, I once drove a box truck from Austin, Texas to State College, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened is, like, all, we were like, well, we're going to be here by this time. And then, like, we had to stop for gas. And then, oh, let's get something to eat. And, like, it literally pushes things back in, like, huge, massive chunks. Because you're driving, like, you know, obviously driving a big truck ad delays things a little bit. Sure. Um, but, like, that makes sense to me is, like, okay, you know, my estimate is this. Well, let's push it back some. Let's push it back. You know, we were supposed to do that trip in two days, and all of a sudden we did it in three and a half mm -hmm. type of thing, you know. How are you feeling about the story so far? So... I've, I feel like I've been getting the short end of the fucking stick. I get, like, two-page updates, and you get eight-page story chapters. Do you want to take the next one? Part of me was thinking of taking the next one just sure. to f fling out the feng shui. Because um, I literally just checked. I was like, I just got a fucking page and a half just now. <laughs> like, I just got two pages. Yeah. You know, as much as I love listening to your voice, I want it to be even-keeled. Absolutely. Um... Alright, so this is Ransom Saga Backstory 2, and I'm just going to read this one because I got shafted with a two-pager chode. <laughs> Backstory time. You've all been patient with me while I make this drive to Ransom. It's a good thing I have all my thoughts in order and I can type fast, or else this trip would last forever. I've stopped in a small coffee shop in North Carolina. I'm getting close now. I thought I'd give you some more of the specifics regarding my previous involvement with the supernatural, paranormal, and occult. Like I said before, the more you know, the more assistance you may be. So my uncle Ray, he was super religious, and the time I spent with him wasn't very pleasant, as you may have previously read. He was very strict and very firm. I wasn't allowed to have friends, and he forced me to study almost nonstop. I wasn't actually in any real school during this time. My uncle was a pretty connected man, which is the only explanation that I have for having been able to attend college without actually having graduated high school or even getting a GED. Of course, the first college I attended, I did so because my uncle forced me to. The day I turned 18, he made arrangements for me to attend seminary. The school I attended was real, I can assure you, and it wasn't in Ransom. It was in the Richmond Tri-City area. I refuse to mention the name but I'm sure some quick research and some of you more internet-savvy folk might find it. It doesn't exist anymore. This is, I believe, almost entirely due to me. But there is a trail, and the buildings are still there. I have no intention of going there again, 
but when I was there last month, I saw it as being abandoned. I wonder if that was real or if it had something to do with these weird shifts I've been experiencing. So, at the beginning of the story, he lives in Arkansas, right? I honestly don't remember. Because he visits there yeah, and then immediately goes back home, calls his mom, and then quits his job. Why does it then take him another month to get back? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too concerned with the timeline. I feel like... Well, this is also backstory. Sure, sure. This is also backstory. I don't actually know. Like, what I'm relocating to my mind right now is two different timelines. Mm -hmm. The timeline of... I went to an invisible town, and now I'm thinking of going back to see what's going on there. And then the I was 13 and now 18 living with my shitty uncle. Sure. So I'm not really asking for the minutia detail. I'm just trying to get the broad strokes. Okay. Because I feel like the minutia details don't actually matter. Also fair. Also Until fair. we get to the nonfiction part, in which case yeah. I think we need to pay attention to the minutia well, details. And that's that, I think that's a little of my problem is I'm looking at this as it's all nonfiction. You're trying to. Yeah. yeah like, you know. I'm we're going to get to some bullshit where there's out. like... Well, we've There's already definitely, been some I mean, yeah, but we're yeah. going to get to some more where it's like multi-layered, multi-faceted, and there's random characters most likely chanting shit. So, you know, sure. we're, we're, we'll probably, you know, we'll see that sooner rather than later. By the way, don't ask. I won't tell the name of the school and I won't tell you if you're right or if, even if you guess, even, even if you guess correctly. Seminary. I didn't have a reason to not want to be there. I grew up Baptist, the only church in Ransom was Southern Baptist, and had no reason at the time not to believe in God the way everyone else does. I thought I could make something of myself as a pastor or a missionary and do some good in the world. The story, by the way, has nothing to do with my belief systems. I just hope you commenters will keep that in mind. We're only talking about paranormal events which befell me in seminary. Please respectfully keep the comments clear of Jesusing. It starts. It started simple enough. Unexplained sounds in the hall of the dorm when no one was looking. Doors opening on their own. Things getting, quote-unquote, misplaced. Everything you might expect. As long as one or two individuals experienced isolated incidents, it was safe. Things started getting really hairy as soon as we started talking about it amongst ourselves. A friend of mine introduced me to Phil, a guy my age who claimed to have some experience with the supernatural. We got to talking and found out a lot of experiences we had were very similar. I don't think I told him about Montego Manor until a few years ago, but other than that, very similar experiences. Oddly enough, we both even used the same silly nickname to attribute to our supernatural or paranormal. We had both, since our earliest childhood experiences, referred to it as a funk. Together, he and I started finding other people who were experiencing the weirdness that was happening on campus that were willing to tell stories. We found that it was actually a very large number of people. My wild guesstimate is about 90% of the on-campus male students and about 30% of the on-campus females. And at first, we kept everyone's identity secret, but realized that these people needed a support community to help deal with the things that they were experiencing. Thus, we formed the Funk Club. That's 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 what you and me are doing right here on the couch, smoking, smoking a ton of weed. It was a I mean, stupid name, but it did the job. most colleges do. Yeah, they get funky. The job meaning primarily that it kept the hyper-authoritarian school administration off our asses. 
We had this ritual we used to perform where we would take candidates, quote-unquote, down a haunted road. The experience normally got off to a, quote-unquote, good start if the street light at the entrance to the road would burn out just as we drove under it. As we drove down the road, which we called, quote-unquote, Snake Road, because of its twists and turns, <laughs> although I know it had some other name. Things would start to happen. Things would manifest in the road, and our candidate would get increasingly agitated. It was then that we would tell him or her about funk. And if they reacted with acknowledgement, we would give them one more test before allowing them to join and introduce them as a member to the others. The Matrix had just come out recently, and we used a lot of red pill, blue pill metaphors, mm. but it boiled down to this. We told them to seek guidance from God, not something I would tell them to do today as my system of belief has changed radically, and to open their eyes. We called this the idiot's prayer because only an idiot would want to live this lifestyle. I know now that a lot of members of the original funk club either went insane, committed suicide, or completely emptied their minds of anything that ever happened to us and live with that section of their mind left intentionally blank. This is almost reminding me of the um, Waco stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if if it were a serious commune of people instead sure. of just a bunch of dead poet society fucks at a college. Well, I I am like, did you watch any of the documentary stuff? So I I've listened to a six part podcast. Sure. I watched the the first you know show that came out in in uh you know the early two thousands with Taylor Kitsch. So I almost yeah. feel like every time they interview one of like the surviving members, they're st- Still almost in it. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, like a hundred percent. Yeah, you, you know, you either have to completely clear your mind of it, or, or you, it just or is you. you. It. Or yeah. you love it. Yeah, I, I get it. I regret having ever done this. Phil and I thought we were freeing minds, but we were really enslaving them and ruining many lives. There isn't a day that goes by that I wish I hadn't been a part of this. Part of me wishes to do it all over again. After all, most funk clubbers looked up to Phil and I as gods. Back to the story. Because of the funk club, whatever was going on in the school was coming very publicly into light. Whatever entities were acting at the school knew that we knew and were not pleased. Simple little paranormal occurrences that happened to just about everybody started happening bigger and badder on a much larger scale. Instead of one or two people experiencing things, entire rooms full of people would see and discuss various phenomena. My old friend, the shadow that hangs out in the corner, spent a lot of time spying on us, even in rooms where all the lights were turned on, and sometimes even during the daytime. People would experience feelings of being followed down the hall, especially when leaving their dorm room to go to the bathroom at night. On one occasion, I walked into the bathroom and all the stall doors opened simultaneously and pointed at me. Straight at me. Most of the time in my experience up to this point, Funk likes to play with you, make you think it's not there, make you second-guess yourself. It didn't try to hide anything in the bathroom that night, and I rushed back to my room and roused the troops. We all went back, but the phenomena didn't repeat. All the doors were found closed. One time, Phil and I were hanging out in the library, which is on a second floor above the chapel, and the librarian, a sweet girl named Julie, was coincidentally so sweet that we could never bring ourselves to induct her into the Funk Club. She was being uncharacteristically depressed. She was normally very bubbly, happy. Phil and I investigated the library and took some pictures, and when we looked at them later on, the windows on the second-story room were all tinged purple, and there were thousands of faces that looked inward in agony, all pointed toward where Julie sat. 
As soon as we tried to show someone else, the file corrupted and we lost the picture forever. Another friend and member of the Funk Club, Henry, was preaching one day in chapel. Phil was an amateur photographer, took some pictures, and in all of them there was a white streak that started off camera, concealed his face, and ended at his wrists as though it were holding him. In each of these pictures, his arm was slightly raised as though it were being pulled. The rest of Henry Jameson's life, he lived as though something were out to get him. He was constantly paranoid. He had been wooing Julie, but he broke all ties with her. Things were culminating very quickly. I could tell you about the night that an entity walked down the hallway, peering into our rooms, and then on further inspection we found handprints with excessively long fingers on the tile floor that weren't visible in direct light. I could tell you about the night that three funk clubbers had a conversation with something that was masquerading as the dorm manager, while in fact Phil and I were talking to him somewhere else entirely. I could tell you about the night we had a bunch of high school kids interested in coming to our college, staying the night, and one of them was pulled out of bed and halfway into the wall. Or, about, I mean, that's a shout out to bedtime. Shout out to bedtime, fun Reddit, no sleep story. Or about the child, or about the children's hand and footprints we found on the ceiling of a room, even though no children have ever been in that building. I won't bore you because everything was boiling down to one very terrible night. It deserves its own post, so I'll wait on that, but I'll tell you about the night before. God damn, this guy has a circular way of talking. Yeah. A group of us were coming home from a long night of playing Risk in the student center. It was about 3 a.m., which sounds like a good Risk game, which was completely against the rules. Curfew was 11, and we were only able to do this because the dorm manager who had the keys to the student center was playing Risk with us. We were all members of the Funk Club. We walked through a rough path that ran around the outside of campus to get back to the dorms without being seen, and it was then that Jeff noticed something none of us had ever seen before. Although we'd taken this path many times, none of us had ever been out this late in the light of a single flashlight we had, Jeff had noticed a path that didn't exist before. There was a small, unused well filled with dirt that we had seen many times. It was in the most dense section of the woods, but tonight it wasn't as dense. Starting at the well, a path we had never noticed led off into the darkness. We shone the flashlight down the path, but its beam would only go to the tree line and absolutely no further. I, being emboldened by my reputation, stepped into a ways with the flashlight. It gave off absolutely no ambient light and the beam would only extend a few feet before fading into darkness. I turned and told everyone that they were not under any circumstances to go down that path. I gave the flashlight back to Henry. We all made our way back to the dorm. The next morning, we eagerly set back out to the spot where the well heralded the weird path into nothing. And it wasn't there. A thick tree wider than about two of us could reach was directly in the way of where I had been standing just the night before. Jeff was the one who noticed the flashlight. Henry was gone. Poof. Yeah, he just fucking spontaneously combusted. Mm -hmm. I honestly never saw Henry Jameson again. The school administration didn't seem to care, and the media never got a hold of it. None of us knew his family, and he didn't have many friends besides us. 
Julie became a lot more depressed, and none of us could bring ourselves to talk to her about it. Then, the dean of the students had a call meeting where he said that none of us were to inquire about anything supernatural. We were not to discuss it, not to mention it. We were even given the ultimatum that were we not to study sections of the Bible that dealt with it. No one brought up poor Henry. It was that night that the shit hit the fan. Uh, I was thinking shift. And I was like, that's not shift. That's not shift. There's yeah, something wrong yeah. there. I'll leave that for its own post. I may not have time to post for a while, though, since Ransom is ahead of me now. I promise I'll get to it. Hold, Hold tight. tight. That one was interesting, but it was just, again, it's it, this guy has a way of piling yeah. on a bunch of shit without meaning anything. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I could tell you all of these interesting things, but I'm not going to. Mm. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and like, that's fine. For the sake of a backstory, you're right. I don't need to know all of these things. Giving me just a kind of brief breakdown is more than enough. I just hope. But I feel like all we've gotten I is just backstory. Hope. I just hope. You're right, because we have. I just hope that this all means something at the end. Because I hate nothing more than someone absconding with their own story and it not actually measuring up to anything. Yeah. Just kind of winding for the sake right. of winding. Right. Why you treading water, bruh? Next part, Ransom Saga backstory treat. Okay. I'm at the hotel outside Branchville. Very oddly enough, there have been no phenomena thus far. It's a very quiet night. I'm posting part three of the backstory because it's nighttime and I am not going to start this thing out at this time. It's almost 11 my time, although the clocks in the room are off again. This time in the other direction, they say midnight. I've lost two, three hours now. Uh, it would be incredible to have a good, uninterrupted night of sleep before starting out. Enters 15-foot-tall man jerking off vigorously over, ah! his, over his bed. This is the part where we jokingly call the Night of a Thousand Hells. No part of it can be considered a joke. And I only joke because making light of this type of horror is the only way my mind can cope with it. It was a night like almost any other, except the phenomena had been building up and the distance and the disappearance of Henry. We were trying to forget, those of us who weren't of the understanding that Henry took off one night. We were in seminary. Not everyone is cut out for that, so people jump ship didn't really affect anyone the way that it did those of us who knew where Henry most likely went. Two guys were wrestling in the hallway, a pastime we indulged in a lot. A little bit of grab ass. Two big guys were going at it. Stick my finger in your bum. They were fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and, we were, and we were all cheering them on. And we were on. cheering them all. Stick it in, stick it in. <laughs> yeah, do it. It wasn't heated, and the wrestlers weren't angry at one another. It was all in good fun. Phil was in his room when he saw three satyr-like creatures rush by him towards the hall where the guys were wrestling. And then he heard a sickening crack. And then he turned off Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe and stopped smoking so much weed. I was at the wrestling match and saw the guy that... Um, I was that, at, yeah. that crack came from, that big old crack. Yeah, the crack rocks. <laughs> Make sure they salad. 
He was pushed back a little ways, and then, just as he was about to re-engage his opponent, mind you, no one was touching him at the time, he was just standing in the middle of the room, I watched his left arm shatter, simply shatter into bits, just below the shoulder. Jesus Christ. He fell to the ground immediately and went into shock. If you leave, you're not coming back up. It's okay, we're almost done. Yeah. Where was I? Daisy distracted me. I started me. shouting orders. Uh, and I started shouting orders. I got all non-involved persons into their rooms and commanded three different people to call the Dean of Students, the door manager, and 911. I got him covered up and instructed everyone not to touch him. The ambulance arrived and they took him away. The Dean showed up and told us not to leave and to go to sleep and he would take statements in the morning. It's 3 p.m. This never happened, and they never talked about it again. I was in my room, and, being at seminary, we started a prayer meeting for our injured friend. However, the second my prayer was finished, and the next person in the line began, we heard a terrible noise. It sounded exactly like the cracking of our friend's arm. Then it happened again, and again, and again. It was repeated and deafening and terrifying. I started heading to the door and was greeted by a handful of guys who had come to get me. They were crying and screaming and telling me they needed to come find out what happened in Phil's room. I ran down the long hall and saw that almost everyone who was a member of the funk club, I just about every male in the dorm, was gathered around the last room on the right, which was indeed Phil's room. I started yelling for people to back up, and I grabbed the handle. Stay back, I said. I'm glad no one listened to me. I entered the door and was immediately hurled up against the door. I felt my feet rising up the floor, and I could see the ceiling getting closer. Everyone who had ignored me grabbed me and pulled me down, and we fled the room. Phil was still in the room, and I had to get him out. I prepared myself mentally and went back into the room leading my friends follow. The room was dark as night, but it was as clear as the lights were on. I could see their bulbs glowing. They weren't actually giving off any light. The temperature was so cold that my breath, which was, in, which was labored from the fight I had just experienced, was barely visible in front of my face. I couldn't see much farther than that. That was the first time I saw him. The tall, black, shadowy dick. Mm -hmm. He must have... He must have been 15 feet tall. He must have been 15 feet tall, at least. Had a big old hog on him. And was bent over in order to stick it up his ass. <laughs> no, in order to fit in the room. He was bent over with his face right in Phil's. With his dick right in Phil's. <laughs> <laughs> as black as it was in that room Big I could, old hog I could see him clearly just like I told you I could see his black eyes and his black ass and his black dick I thought at first that it was a flash like I'd had before and that I was the only one that could see him but the people behind me started yelling out what they were looking at hey asshole I yelled out, get away from him! Put your dick away! <laughs> my friends my, my friends decided that would be a great time to start singing hymns at the top of the <laughs> Yes, perfect. Put song. your dick away! 
I don't remember much of what was said that night in our heroic exorcism, but I do recall one guy grabbed a Bible and started reading out of the Psalms. I told him to cut it out and that this thing didn't give a shit. He, he did a double take at me because of my language, which was normally very PG, but kept reading. This was getting out of hand. The creature was obviously getting angry. I lost sight of him and I told him to leave. But I knew he was still there and was still masturbating. <laughs> he was still getting mad. I turned into the room and began to mutter under my breath that I commanded him to go away or I would find a way to destroy him. Instantly, the room lit up. The cold spots became warmer and everyone in the room started cheering and embraced and praising their God. This was the first moment that I had doubts about my faith and realized that there was something worth investigating further within myself. I happened to look at the clock immediately after the exorcism. It was 3.01. Okay, so that's that. This is another story that I believe may have been posted by Phil or one of my other comrades in the funk club. But if you find these stories, I need to warn you something I mentioned in the comments before. This story is for you to know the story. These stories were meant for the purpose of recruitment. If you find them, know that they are fictionalized a little bit, written either by Phil or Callan, and they were expressly for the purpose of getting people to send us messages that said, hey, I had a pretty similar story to this, or uh, are you guys real? There was one reader who sent me a private message along these lines. I'm sorry I didn't answer you, if you're still reading this, but there is the reason. I am not trying to recruit. I am just alerting you all of my past so you can give me a hand with my immediate future. Do not ask if there are any groups you can join. We're dead. The closest you will come is helping me on my investigation of Ransom, and I'm eternally grateful to those of you who are doing just that. Going to bed now. I'll report back tomorrow. ASAP. That's interesting. So I feel like he's alluding to the fact that uh, the funk group still exists in some way, shape, or form, and there are other people on No Sleep trying to recruit people into this group. Yeah. And that, that makes me believe in a type of hive mind hierarchy where maybe this is all, like, mental and, like, energy-based, you know? Like, sure. very spiritual in the sense that someone like this Phil or Callan that they're talking about, maybe they gather people like this to harness the energy of this thought, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the way, like, a tulpa works is that, like, the more people who believe in something, the more real it becomes. Sure. So you can convince, like, an entire town that there's a monster, you know, that's been running in and chopping everyone's heads off, and, you know, a hundred years later, you'll have the tale of the Headless Horseman. You know, yeah. like, it'll... It, 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 there are parts of it that feel real, that might even be historically accurate, but all that we're left with is this legend and this memory, and if more people believe in it, then it might have been a real thing. So it's... 
I do like that aspect of this story, but I'll still say that this guy's writing style is bugging me a little bit. There's yeah. there's something about the, like, that's not important right now. I'm not going to tell you the full story, but you better fucking You be better want to care. Yeah, yeah. you better want to care is a good way to say it. And, um... And that's fine because I know this is someone on Reddit saying mm-hmm. it's gonna get it's we're gonna get there we're gonna get there we're gonna get there. Yeah. But like, if you're driving the car, I want, I want to be appropriated. Well, it's also and it's it's clearly it, not a professional, right? This is right. Just like, we're, we're just on but, no sleep. Yeah. Um, it it definitely bothered me at first, but I've come to kind of like accept that, and I think it has gotten a little the bit kind better. of harebrained nature of it. Yeah, you know, like. Um, it does very much remind me of the Mushroom Crusades that I, I wrote, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. years ago. And, and it was just very haphazard and like, hey, you know, I'm just going to, I got all this free time. I'm sitting in the car by myself. Let me just write down my thoughts, you know. <laughs> that actually is very appropriate to what it yeah, feels like. Absolutely. I'm in a hotel room. I'm just trying to bide some time. I want to write something before I go to bed. Okay, mm-hmm. here it is. Listen to this. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. It's introspective. There's certain aspects of it that I, I like. You know, I like supernatural, hooky-spooky, bullshit mm-hmm. conversation just as much as anyone else. But again, it needs to feed up to a point. Yeah. Like, like when yeah. we when we get to the end of this, I want to be like, ooh, ah, like, what what real-life implications have we, have we recognized here that will make the part two mm-hmm. feel worth, you know... Worth going through going part in, one. Going into yeah. it at that point. I mean, there's no universe where we Billy, get high and fuck shit up, right? Billy Bongo Bong Rips has absolutely fucked shit up in the past. <laughs> All right. The Ransom Saga Update yeah. 3, Take 2. Okay, here it is. The first main update. I'm sorry this has been so long in the works, but I had to drive all the way from Arizona to Virginia. I meant to drive all the way through, but I couldn't make it. So here I am. Let me start with last night. Very minimal activity. Oddly enough... Since there was a lot on the way here, and now that I'm here, there's nothing. For the commenter, who was asking me a lot about what the woman ghost looked like, thank you. Because you kept my memory of her fresh, I was able to identify her again last night. I saw a reflection in the window of my hotel room, looking out into the pitch black. There was nothing for a moment, and then suddenly I saw something. A face, shaking back and forth like it was having a seizure, appeared in my window. And then it was suddenly gone. It was absolutely not my own reflection, and after thinking about it, I swear it was the ghost woman I saw in my bed the other night. This morning, I set out to Branchville. I parked on the side of the road, not in a parking lot. I chose the road right off the main entrance to town. I started walking to all the businesses, acting like someone just passing through town on their way to Richmond. I mentioned maybe having been in these parts when I was a kid and remembering certain things, like Chip's gas station. And the old house on the hill that some that should have been visible from this side of the street as well as in Ransom. It turns out that people who have lived here since before I was born have never ever seen a damn thing south of Broad Street. Except, so they say. Well, obviously lying, except the few country homes lining <clears throat> that road. No one was as weird as the gas station attendant I originally talked to. I went there and didn't see him, and the guy running the pumps was a lot more pleasant, although not very helpful. I asked him about the other guy. I stopped by here the last time I was going through Richmond, and uh, there was a guy working here. He wasn't very nice. 
The guy looked at me funny and told me he owned the shop, and when he wasn't here, the doors were closed. He had no other employees. So this town is just as much of a, like... Enigma. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it exists on the fringe as mm-hmm. well. It's not just the town. It's things, it's like, like, connected a, to Yeah, it. like a blend of reality and questionables. Yeah. He had no other employees. I stopped by at a house on Broad Street that should have been the closest to where Montega Manor should have been. And if it had ever been there, it would have been most easily seen from the house. I knocked on the door and told them I had been invited to visit an old cousin who lived in a house that should have been back there on the hill. Not only did they tell me that they'd lived there for 30 years and knew for a fact that there had never been anything back there, there isn't even a goddamn hill. The entire area behind their house is flat. This makes no sense to me. The last time I was here, you might remember, I saw the hill from inside Ransom, and it seemed as though there had been a brush fire. The hill should have been big enough to be seen from here. It is not, in fact, there at all. I'll head in Ransom on foot now and try to get back to you ASAP. Let me see how long this is. Because I keep getting dicked with these two-page chodes. Fucking tuna cans. Ransom Saga Update 4 in Ransom. Things are out of control right now. Like my sobriety. This morning, Ransom wasn't... (laughs) Yeah, see you there. This morning, Ransom wasn't here. I walked through Branchville talking to people and no one could help. I walked directly past an entrance to Ransom and saw nothing. I talked to a lady, as mentioned in a previous comment, that lived in a house that would have been the closest one to Montego Manor, and she said in 30 years of living there she'd never seen anything south of her home. She had a bowl of Halloween candy on the mantle and asked if I could help her get rid of some. She just happened to have those old candy cigarettes I love that I mentioned once before. I told her I'd take them all, and I grabbed a root beer barrel and a watermelon Jolly Rancher just for good measure. Wait, isn't this in the summer? Uh, I actually don't know the time frame. I don't remember. I thought it was summertime. It Maybe? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm drunk. Yeah. I popped a candy cigarette in my mouth and left. It would be hilarious if it was. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> who has like Halloween, Halloween candy, candy in, like, July? Yeah. Like... That would be fun. Yeah. As I was walking back, I noticed something I can only describe as ate up. Remember I mentioned the dinosaur from Chip's gas station right at the entrance to Ransom? I saw its head poking up over the train line. I walked in to investigate, and it was there. The road was a cross intersection again, just like it used to be. This occurred when my clock said it was ten minutes afternoon, Arizona time. I purposefully didn't change time zones. My phone is completely dead, and so I can't upload the photos from it. I'm snapping pictures left and right with my Canon T4i. My tablet will probably die shortly after I write this update, so I'll have to head back and recharge it. But right now, Google Maps is still showing this area to be empty. But I can see Ransom. It's here. What a convenient time for your phone to die. 4.20 p.m. Yeah, like that. I've had chips. There's a different guy running it than I remember. A young guy in his 20s. There was even a customer in here a minute ago. A woman in her 40s. I don't know what to say to the guy. I'm sitting in the corner at a table where he has fountain drinks and snacks, and it's all modern stuff with expiration dates that haven't happened yet. 
I checked the candy cigarettes I got from the lady, and I swear they were bought here. Same brand, same packaging. I haven't talked to him, and I don't trust any of his merchandise to actually put in my mouth. I think what's he's in an- my mouth? <laughs> what's in- Let's play What's in My Mouth. I think he's annoyed. I'm not buying anything. He doesn't seem sinister at all, and normally I have a gut for those things. The place is run down as hell. The dinosaur is falling apart, and its entire belly is broken apart and all over the ground. I guess he's not plastic. It's more like a thin concrete. There's, like, rebar ribs coming out of him. It's as though this place literally sat unseen for 20 years until right now, and no one cares about it. started walking into town a little ways earlier. The closest house is down the road a bit to the east. The Pine Hall Forest, which used to be very lush, is all dead now. But it's still south of the road that I'm on. I could see the house from where I was, but I couldn't reach it. This is nonsensical. If you look at the actual distances, I walked around Branchville all day, but that short distance is way too far for me to care to walk. It shouldn't be, especially when Nate and I used to ride our bikes from my house to Chips as a kid. It's not as though I'm being held back or like I'm in some kind of warped space, but as though the distances have actually just become larger. I can see the hill from the back road, too, but not the manor. And the hill is not very large and looming over the town like it used to be, but not completely flat like it was when I was in Branchville earlier. One of you noted that I said the hill wasn't that big right after saying that there was no hill at all. I I don't understand how that could be, considering I hadn't seen the hill yet. And although I can't understand why the house itself might be shifting in and out of reality, I can't quite catch the logic behind why the hill itself is fluctuating. But the top of the hill, what little I could see of it from there, is black with scorch marks and stubs of burned trees. No such luck concerning a foundation for the mansion, or any rubble, or any ruins or rubble. I'm heading back now, but I figured I'd stop and type this up now. I trust internet is still working, and I know you were all really waiting for it. I'm getting 6 p.m. Arizona time right now, which doesn't make sense because it's still broad daylight here, and it should be 10 p.m. local time. Should be nine. Time seems very maybe. Depends on where in Arizona he was. Time seems displaced with me. I'll get back to the hotel and see if you guys have any ideas. I might ask in Branchville again, someone I haven't already talked to, and see if their story has changed now that I know Ransom is there. I hope it still is the next time I go out. I might try doing so later tonight and maybe in my car so I can both get further and have a link to the real world that I'm securely inside of. Like a man in a little submarine. He's acting like he's going to get out. (laughs) I I still don't have enough expectations for this story to actually know what direction it's going in. Sure. In the meantime, I need theories, suggestions, and a general goodwill to get me through this. So I'm kind of stuck on the fact that um, I know that there is some connection to reality on this. Like, I feel like this story could almost only be told from, like, the perspective of, like, his eyes. And anybody that's going to say, hey, I did the similar thing, but, like, five years ago, like is also just telling a story. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. yeah. But that is also exactly how it's going to be. Because... Yeah, yeah. 
because the recollection narrative is going to be like, no, seriously, when I was a kid, I lived in Ransom, and it wasn't called Ransom, it was called this, but you could tell that the story details, like, even down to Chip's gas station is 100%, you know, the same, and... There, there was this kid I remember who was a lot like the narrator describes and oh man I'm just seeing a lot of similarities in the way that I grew up versus the yeah. story that's being told here you know Almost and maybe like it's all superficial the kids that watched the show that was actually static. and maybe it's fake yeah. yeah like Candle Cove yeah yeah like Candle Cove maybe maybe it's fake you know maybe the follow-up thread that pretends to be nonfiction is also fiction We've seen shit like that before. That's fine. Yeah, but I was hoping there was like fucking news articles. Like, I, I was hoping know. to go like balls I don't know deep in reality. That. Like, I don't know about that. Some dude yeah. just posting to Reddit could be completely full of shit. Uh, so say we all. It depends on where the thread is. Because if it's just on no sleep, then a part of me thinks it might also be fiction. Yeah, just like almost like a, a sequel, prequel type post. Yeah. Whistlers did it. Yeah. Baraska did it. Ton, tons of tons of follow-up narratives exist out there. Like, I wrote a story five years ago, and now I'm finally doing a sequel. Sure. Anyway, you want to take part five? This is me. Yar. The Ransom Saga Backstory 5. Five. I've been at the hotel for a few hours now. It's 11 o'clock Arizona time, according to my watch. But I'll be damned if I know what time it really is because the clock here says 11 p.m. too. I'm writing up one more backstory. I might do more if requested, but this is the last essential one as far as I'm concerned. First, let me just say that the pictures are not formatted to any known file type Photoshop can understand. And my cell phone ate dirt after the very first picture I took with it, which was coincidentally of the chips dinosaur. The brontosaurus. It's neither charging nor holding a charge. I knew this was going to happen, and I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think I'll be going into town tonight. Pussy. Maybe tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going to spend one more day investigating before I commit. And enough of you have warned me not to go at night already. Pussies. I know I'll eventually have to. Nice. But it won't be right now. Fuck. There's this buzz. Yeah. It's very loud, like bees. I'm having a hard time handling it. As I type, I have to stop every few seconds because it's maddening, and I keep getting flashes of these four shadow figures standing behind me, watching what I'm doing. Every every few seconds, I can't help but turn around, only to be greeted by nothing. It's really getting awful. I could try exercising or smudging it, but I know that usually only works for me when the phenomenon gets out of hand. Uh, It isn't there yet. Okay, so final backstory, Samantha Ellington. Samantha Ellington Esquire? She was gorgeous, like a model gorgeous. Unfortunately, she was going to my school, which meant she was super religious and there was no chance to get in her pants. Oh, well, uh, dude, I I'll, was that I'll was play, like my whole high school. I'll play the I'll play the card with you uh where where I also dated someone super religious in high school and I was in there in under a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
that happened quicker than I thought it was gonna. But if you're still religious in college, oh, that's you're that, committed. It's stuck. That you know what I mean? No, like that's, that's fair. Yeah, like like thirteen to fifteen, and your parents are pushing it on you. You haven't made your decision yet, but like nineteen years old, you made your fucking decision. Oh yeah, definitely. Everyone wanted to, I'm sure, but no one talked about it because we were all good little boys. Furthermore, uh, we all felt that even thinking that way about her would have some kind of negative spiritual effect, so uh, we were all just really good friends with her. This was cool because she was a cool chick and very fun to hang out with. It was summer break. I already had four years of seminary under my belt. Uh, I was going for a master, so I hadn't graduated yet. I was stuck in the dorms in Chester with a few friends while everyone else had gone to Jeff's church for a, for the break. Who the fuck is Jeff? Yeah. Church families were always more than willing to put up a good kid in college to be a minister or something, so they were scattered around and in... Uh, you know, in and around Manassas, Virginia. I want to say that they have mentioned, like, Jeff, Chester, fucking Phil, fucking... A bunch of things that sound like names and places. I, yeah. I never know which which we're talking about, but... That's fair, that's fair. Uh, I feel like uh, we heard a story about a weird kid last time, Shane. Shane Yeah, but didn't he, like, kid. die? I don't know. Okay. And then there was, he, he there was almost Nate. killed one kid. Nate was the yeah. one who got punched into oblivion. Yeah, punched so hard he disappeared for a month. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know who the fuck Jeff is. Well, Phil and I got a call one day from a friend in tears. I knew he was really close to Samantha, and he even talked to me about trying to talk her into going on a date with him. He told me that something had gone very wrong. They were having a party one night. And party, I mean watching movies and drinking juice. Not the kind you probably had in college. And she went missing. A couple of the guys walked around the house looking for her and uh, the power went out. Oh yeah, great idea. Power's out. Let's go looking for the one girl in the house. That won't scare Rape etiquette. <laughs> They got flashlights and continued the search, finally finding her in one of the rooms. She was naked Ooh. and slashing her wrists over and over again. What, what was playing in the room as she was doing it? Angels and Airwaves? Um, My Chemical Romance? I, I mean, I was thinking Ohio's for Lovers, but that's Ohio's only because she's lovers. in Virginia. Oof. You know. That's cute. That's, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. She survived, um, yeah. She survived and was in the hospital. I told them to stay put, and Phil and I hurried to go meet them. By the time we got there, Samantha had been released. No the fuck she hasn't. That is three days. Yeah, minimally. That is three days, and you have no decision you're, on that three days. Held, you're held for psych minimally for three, well, I think, 72, 42, 48 to 72 hours. It's, it's a known from fact it's... 72 hours, three days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. None of the cuts were apparently too deep or in the right locations to be worrisome. And so they stitched what needed to be stitched, wrapped her up and sent her home, uh, prescribed plenty of bed rest. 
We pulled into Denny's early in that morning. What the fuck is up, <laughs> Denny's? <laughs> and six of the guys were already there to meet us. We talked, and the two guys that had first found her um, said that as they entered the room, they saw her eyes were pitch black, and she was groaning out something in an evil, deep voice that sounded like, a bowl of bush. A bowl of bush. What's that? A bowl of bush? A bowl of bush. A bowl of bush? I'm trying to think of like they're mistaking it for like A bowl of bush. A bowl of bush. Sure. Sure. I might speculate on that, but I have no real hard evidence that I know for sure what she was really saying. So those are the only two dudes that got to see her naked and they're worried about a bush? That sounds about right. Hey, I mean, a bowl. Well, smoky, smoky. Yeah. A bush, little hanky panky. Hey, man. I mean, bush never stopped me before. Yeah. I've seen worse things than that. <laughs> put, put me, put, tell, tell me, tell me, I'm a soldier in Vietnam. I'm, I'm fucking climbing in that bush. <laughs> when they walked in, they started vomiting profusely. Well, that's not oh. fun. <laughs> uh, and By one the of way, them was demons. <laughs> <laughs> was was demons, and one of them passed out. Pussy. When the others found them, I mean, it is like he's making it religious. I mean, like, it's sure. been like yeah. it's been sprinkled, but this it's is the first time now, it's like now we're getting into her eyes were black. And yeah, she was shouting, shouting, yeah, like chan- Latin chanting and... and shouting equals shouting. When the others found them, they reported anyone who went into that room got violently ill. Nice. They couldn't, between all of them, really explain how they finally got in covered her with a blanket and some towels and dragged her out of the room. They also mentioned some <laughs> weird music playing. It's just my chemical romance. It's fine. Even though all the... <laughs> I know they're, I'm not I, okay! I know their newer stuff isn't easily recognizable, but they're sure. still doing it. Yeah, I mean... I definitely recall a couple um, interviews where they said that they were not emo and a couple of lyrics that... Definitely were about suicide. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not that I had that face. They I'll, are the. I'll they are. Have that face. They are the new nine eleven band for me. So that that's that's why it's emo. They also mentioned some weird music playing, even though all the power was out and there was nothing found in the room in the aftermath. They also said moving her was like trying to carry a Terminator. T eight hundred. They weigh a ton of metal. <sighs> I couldn't. Metal. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is what up, Denny's? <laughs> what the fuck is up, Denny's? I couldn't sleep. None of us could. We stayed at Denny's all night until around 9 a.m. and then headed out to her home. Why the fuck are you going to her home? Yeah. Meet the parents. Uh, get, some, get some good FaceTime in. They had her in a room with no furniture but a mattress on the floor. One of the guys said that had been keeping a vigil on her all night. When we came in, she sat up politely and smiled. Mm -mm. She asked if the guys could let me talk to her alone. Mm -mm. And then they stepped out. Once we were alone, (laughs) she beckoned me nearer. I got in close so she could whisper in my ear. She put her head near mine, and I set my hand tenderly on her shoulder. Ooh, shoulder touch. Ready to push her away, should it oh, be necessary. Oh, I can never, get the fuck out of here. I 
I'm religious too. Don't try and tempt me. Don't tread on me. <laughs> it turns out I needed to. I felt something warm on my ear. It's a slug. And it turned out to be her tongue. She was, oh Jesus. She was licking me sensually. All that I could think of is the clip from, I think it's Scary Movie 2, where the chick is like the exorcist demon. And she starts, she starts going, to, 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 to James Woods. And he looks back down at her and he goes, <laughs> he's a priest he's a priest and fucking Andy is over there reading the bible and when they cut back he's making out with her and he's like going to unzip his pants oh fuck those movies are good she was licking me sensually <laughs> and I felt her hand slip Ooh. between my legs Damn. I was about to react but then she whispered something in my ear in a deep, manly voice. Oh, let me get it. I don't know if this is how you really spell it, or even if it's possible to spell, but she said, I pushed her away as carefully as I could, as to not injure the part of her that was Samantha. I, I nailed that Latin thing, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, that was that was Ebola bush. spot on. It has, it has to be Latin. They're just misconstruing. I noticed she had blood on her face. It, it was demons. It was demons. She bit my ear really severely. Fucking Mike Tyson. I couldn't help but crying out when I noticed, and this made everyone come in. Once again, they started praying and singing just like they had at the Night of a Thousand Hells. She didn't even care. She crawled back toward the wall, <laughs> shredding her clothes as she did. While she did some pretty vulgar and sensual things I won't mention here. Damn. Sorry, guys. I kept my eyes on her and, and addressed my companions. I told them straight up that what we were doing wasn't going to work. Again, this thing was much older and more powerful than anything their songs and prayers, or the recipients thereof, could do about it. I'm not exactly sure how I knew what to do next but it flowed through me as if I had been doing this forever. I fucking smacked her, and she suddenly was fine. <laughs> I told her to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up, and then I fucked her. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I told her to sit the fuck down and I mean, shut I think that's how Scary Movie 2 goes into it. He just uh, yeah. he pans back to the bed, and James Wood is just in there just fucking her, and she's going, Oh, yeah! Oh! <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely not like uh, I've, I've ever been fucked to death, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that definitely that happened, happened in a game. No, oh. I told her to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up, and she did. The thing inside her was still very angry, and was still spitting hatred and acting sensually. Ooh. So I told it uh, to, cr so I told it to cross my friend's legs or I would punish rather than simply banish it. It complied instantly. While I, while I began to draw a circle on the floor, sigils on its face using the blood from my ear, it shouted at me, switching from voice to voice, and sometimes pleading with me in, in Samantha's voice not to do this. As I closed the last ring, it opened her mouth so wide I saw the corners rip a little, 
and while her jaw dislocated and hung, unmoving, words came somewhere from deep within her in a million voices, in almost every identifiable language, and some not so identifiable. She said, Let's read it at the same time so it sounds cool. Don't, Don't send me out, out Ian. Ian. I'll, I'll give, give you, you this body. body. I'll, I'll give, give you anything, me. but I need to be here. I said one word. Bitch. <laughs> Go. And it was over. I was puzzled, though. My, my name was not Ian. <laughs> that night, we all went to Denny's again. What the fuck is up, Denny's? T together... With Samantha. Her jaw was fine. Who <laughs> should be in the fucking hospital we just for another taped two it. days. We just used some good old scotch. <laughs> I can imagine just like blood everywhere. Just like just scotch tape on your jaw. Scotch tape. It's like, what? It's like, should you go to the hospital? The I'd like a grand slam. wants to get grand slammed. Isn't like, that obvious? Like, There's eight dudes in me. Like, I want a grand slam. The demon was hungry. <laughs> God damn, we fed it. After both of us had spent the afternoon at the clinic. Oh, okay. If, that, that doesn't make it, doesn't better. Make it better. No, it's fine. If the Funk Club respected me before, they worshipped me now. Yeah. I thought this was the time to act. Exercising demons and shit, you know? I told them I'd been thinking a lot lately, and it felt there was a reason we were all brought here together. It was one thing to be together. It was another to be together at Denny's. Yeah. So we could all take refuge in numbers when we had supernatural experiences. But there was something more to it. It was the Denny's. <laughs> we could help our world. We could feed them all Grand Slams. <laughs> or at least the small part of it that we touched. We all knew the other side and had all seen it. Touched it, heard it, smelled it, and fought against it. Uh -huh. We could do a great service to the people. At this moment in time, I thought I was doing the greatest and most noble thing anyone had ever done in history. All right. I suggested we stand in the gap between the darkness and the light and fight against it for those who couldn't. And the Vatican would like to have a word. We would like to call ourselves Esper. See, that's another Magic the Gathering reference. I mean, ESP-er is about people who, like, go after ghosts and stuff. ESP-er, like espers. I'm espers are ghost hunters. I'm still calling it the, the, yeah. You already made the Magic the Gathering joke. I, but not, this one not, isn't the story. It's not fair. <laughs> the, the nerds with me know. They know. Blue, white, and uh, black. Yeah, technically white, blue, black. Extra, extraordinary, supernatural, phenomenon, explored, and revealed. I'm fucking racist. <laughs> did I? Did I say something? Talking about the blacks, the whites, and the, and the reds. Oh, yeah. And the blues. And the, and the fucking it's like, blues? It's like You're when you take the, the Caucasians... I'm going to stop talking right here. I wish I had never said those words. Within five years, almost every esper sitting at the table had committed suicide, Oof. including Sam. Oof. I didn't even get to fuck her. Right. Maybe. I worked hard with Phil and another member to recruit. We did so in secret, making computer games, stories, 
and other fictional to a degree things uh, and posting them on the internet for people to find. We had a huge outpouring of people that contacted us. Some were just playing. Others thought that they had figured out our secret. Others really honestly believed we were trying to recruit for something real and just wanted to be a part. Just like in college, we would contact them back and make sure they were ready, then inducted them into Esper. I hadn't heard from any of them for a long time and fear the worst. Hmm. Even Phil committed suicide last month. It's what made me stop. It's what made me nostalgic to head back to Chester. And from there, I mean, now you all know where I am. This is one more reason I didn't want any of you to come with me. I'll post again tomorrow. I don't feel like saying anything else tonight. Sorry. I mean, your friends are dead. It's a, it's a good enough reason to be bummed the fuck out. Yeah about revisiting all of this hashtag trauma. Anyway, Ransom Saga update five. All right, folks, I'm getting ready to head back into town. I'm bringing along food, water, pack of candy cigarettes, my tablet, knife, lighter, old EMF detector, which I hadn't used in years. I've also performed a little tethering ritual so I don't get completely removed from existence. However, I've been doing some thinking and researching and believe some of you may be correct. This existence timeline may not be mine. I read Wikipedia for a while and checked out all the major world events to make sure they coincide, and everything I could find matched to the best of my memory. There's only one major difference. I could find no reference of me before my initial posts on Reddit. I checked for all my websites, social media, etc. I don't seem to exist. What else is new? What? Like, what else is new? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, maybe he's, like, in between places at this moment. Yeah. He, yeah. Like that fringe I was talking about. Like, um, crossing over the multiverse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In my place, very oddly enough, seems to be this Reverend Dr. Ian James McDermott. I found... I'm the founder of Esper, although I wish I weren't. I put up some of those web pages with his name on them. Wait, do um, we know the the narrator's name? Uh, is that the narrator's name? I don't know. He said his name wasn't Ian. So then, why do we give a shit about an Ian? I'm just confused. Keep going. Yeah, Sorry. I, th I think he's gonna. Sorry. Yeah, he'll he'll get to it maybe. Like, I does don't Ian... actually think we've heard the name before. Yeah. Like, does this Ian character have the same face as our narrator? Yeah, then that's... Then like, that's is that the connection? Like, hey, in this multiverse... universe Yeah, is... like, this person is me, but, like, is not me. Because my daddy wanted to have a different name, and in this universe, my daddy won versus my mommy won. Yeah. Good enough, good enough argument. Do you know what your alternate name would have been? Uh, my mom only told me that if I were born a girl, my name would have been Holly. Okay. And, uh... That's with a, ironic. With a name like that, God knows I would have just been 
a huge slut. If I had been a girl, <laughs> my name would have been Molly. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I see, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's your sister's name. Well, yeah, they like the name they kept it. I was right. gonna leave that part out, but like. I mean, it's not too telling. Yeah. To, to be like there's, Molly. Like, there's enough Mollies in the world that, sure. But Holly and Molly, here we are. I know Holly and Molly just living, yeah. living, living their best living lives. Living our best lives. Here we are. Uh, Reverend Dr. Ian James McDermott. Yeah, I scanned the entire story. I can't find an actual reference to the narrator's name, so we're just going to ignore it. I had a weird thought. I tried figuring out if Ian James McDermott was an anagram for anything in particular. Well, I'm not terribly good at anagrams, and as I was working on it, things just started to get funky. The four followers were back just observing, and they had a friend with them. I noped out and went to bed. I'm heading into town now. The mechanical watch you guys suggested I get is stuck on three. My tablet says it's seven. Local time says to be eight. Although in the lobby, their hotel clocks says it's nine. Whatever. First, I forgot to mention a weird similarity between myself and Ian McDermott. I would never call myself Reverend Doctor, even if I were one. That having been said, I very nearly completed my doctorate in theology before getting kicked out of school for witchcraft, they said. And before I left my religion, I was whoa, indeed... Whoa, 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 He got kicked out of school for witchcraft? They called it witchcraft, because it had, was demons all over it, but, you know. So it's his fault. I mean, if a bunch he, of people died... If a bunch of people died, and you were on the periphery the entire time, I'm sure people I mean, would I, point I fingers guess. at you after a while. But, like, how do you end Plus up being also a scapegoat? They, like... the funk group also yeah you yeah know, like it looks like definitely you, doing shit you should it looks like you have a cult at that okay. point sure sure and before i left my religion i was indeed a pastor if for no other reason than to try to make people believe i was still a good christian a user on reddit suggested something that seems to indicate he thinks i banished the entire entire town of ransom and this made me think i don't remember any of the events surrounding leaving ransom I was in a big hospital for a couple months. I remember it looking brand new and super clean and white and sterile, but the problem is there's only one small clinic and a dentist's office in Ransom. I don't remember leaving the hospital or Ransom. I don't remember arriving at my uncle's. I don't remember having an uncle before them, and I haven't heard from him since I left. I can't forget my time there, though. I could really successfully tell you where he lived, either not even what state or even what country he lived in. This is concerning me even more than going back into Ransom. It's, it's almost like they know when you're going to read. Because I, like, yeah. I get two pages. Yeah. I'm reading, I'm but reading it's like, the next It's part. like every like fourth episode, but it always lands on you. The Ransom Saga Update 6. After I set out this morning, candy cigarettes at the ready, I found Broad Street to have no crossroads, even with the candy cigarettes linking me to my childhood. I parked in Branchville and tried to walk. This time, I saw the very top of the chips dinosaur, but it felt like I walked for an hour and still never got very close to it, so I walked back to my car. It only took five minutes. So just as I decided the link with the candy was too tenuous, I remembered something. I don't wear a tie very often, but I have one for when I need to. I drove back to the hotel and got it, then pulled off the tie pin shaped like a circle with a triangle in it. It was the only thing I had that belonged to my dad. He gave it to me on my 13th birthday before we went camping that night. 
I drove back, this was a whole lot of time wasted, and still, it wasn't there. I parked in Branchville again, and headed in. Nothing. So I did the logical thing, and walked through the tree line, at least hoping to be able to investigate the empty field, and look at the spot where Montega Manor should have been. It was there. Chips appeared exactly as it had yesterday, the gutted brontosaurus smiling stupidly down at me like it used to. I stopped over to try and buy a newspaper, and it was unclosed, and it was closed and unmanned. My next thought was to try to make it to the next house over. This wasn't difficult like it had been before, only three or so minutes walk, I strolled around a bit more, and as it turns out, I can probably complete, completely circumnavigate the town in about a half hour. It's not very well kept up, but not abandoned. Some houses are boarded up, some business is gone, the drugstore, the museum, Lucky's Pub, the manor is not on the hill. That disturbs me. Every business, including the 24-hour clinic, is closed. Although, every now and then I do get glimpses of people walking around. By the time I realize it and try to get their attention, I lose track of them somehow. So this is the second time he's been in a ransom? Yeah. And he hasn't gone to see his parents? This, is the, this is the only time he's made it past Chips. I thought he went up the hill last time. I think he, he looked, went to Chips. He yeah, he, lo he looked to the hill. But he but didn't like, talk about going through neighborhoods or going up to towns and stores and huh. stuff. I mean, I feel like regardless of the hill or not, like that would have been my, like the first thing is chips. Let's just go see my parents. You oh, know, yeah. like, I don't know. Like what the fuck's going on? Let's just go see my parents. He's been talking about that, Montega like, Manor more than he's been talking about his parents. So yeah, I actually, that's I actually a, don't the know what part. the purpose of it is. I've tried knocking on several doors, no response. I've considered breaking in, but I'm not doing that until I, the need really outweighs the trouble of getting arrested. Is there a cop in this town? I doubt it. <laughs> it's still broad daylight. This hasn't taken away my feeling of being followed. I've had several of my flashes and vividly saw five shadow people follow me. I can make out some detail. Their height, hairstyle, body mass, possibly gender. All male, by the way. Two short, one tall, two average, although taller than me. They follow me as far away as possible, and I definitely get a sinister vibe, as in these aren't friendlies or guardian angels. I've tried ordering them to go away, but to no avail. It's because they're demons. Was demons. I hope that doesn't mean that they're more powerful than the entity I expelled from Samantha. I even tried scratching a sigil on the road with a rock, but for naught. There's a very familiar buzzing sound at the distance. Not cicadas. I'm at the southeast part of town right now, next to a museum. The covered bridge in Durlith doesn't exist, and I can't see anything on that side of the river, which is, coincidentally, not just a dry riverbed. It actually looks like it would be too dangerous to ford. I've hunkered down to post this in reply to comments. I have no idea what time it is anywhere. My tablet says 6, my laptop says the opposite 6, and even though the sun is only at about 3 p.m., both of my devices are dying. I may have to find a way to get some juice in them if I intend to stay on t stay in town any longer, because I have a very strong feeling that the internet is somehow my lifeline that's keeping me tethered to the universe. If I can charge my laptop, I'm staying in town tonight and trying to make it to the mansion. Yeah, he kind of gave up on finding his parents, but I'm okay with it in the in the through line of getting to Montega Manor and seeing if his dead friends are there. 
maybe ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts. So those children or was demons? I don't those demons. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> it's not that I'm disappointed in the story. He goes to the house I'm, and it's Samantha. I'm just uh, pussy. <laughs> it's not. So it's not that I'm disappointed in the story. It's just I know we only have nine pages left, and I'm like. So what was the point of this? Yeah. <laughs> so now I actually am interested in the nonfiction follow-up yeah. because I want someone to be like, no, for the, real, this town is missing. What the fuck? <laughs> um, it, it brings me back to the, you better care because you better. And it's like, yeah. well, but why you should I? You better care because I make, said Because so, make said. me. You yeah. know, like. Okay. I made it back. And it took about two hours to walk downtown. Ransom Saga Update 7. Check out a couple places. And then come back and report absolutely no findings. <laughs> uh, it was just about then that I figured out I would try and make my way to my childhood home. Oh, it's the third oh, okay. time I've been here. Now let's go see my parents. Okay. It took about... Um, yeah, it took about two and a half hours to walk there. And I started feeling something wrong. Especially since I left just before sunset, and almost three hours later, the sun was still on the same spot in the horizon. It felt stretched. Everything felt stretched. Time, space, the road, the sky, me. I grabbed my father's tie pin, which I've pinned to the lapel of my jacket. Uh, it was, I thought it was a very hard moment about the times when I remember him. It was all very hard. The images are almost gone. I don't know when nightfall hit, but the sky is pitch black right now, except a weird blue tinge in the sky in the direction of the manor. When I opened my eyes and started walking again, it only took about three minutes to get to my old house. So it took him six hours to get close to his house and then Three hours to get there? Or three minutes to get there? Time be doing that weird yeah. thing it do. Yeah. It was dark in there, and the big bay window in the front was solid darkness, almost as though it were physical. I knocked on the door. I knocked several times, louder and harder each time. I checked my phone to see if I could call them, uh, but it's back to being completely dead again. I don't even remember when it came on in the first place. I was getting ready to sit on the pouch and get online. Porch. I was getting ready to sit on the... What did I say? Pouch. pouch. I was getting ready to sit on the pouch. Fuck! I was... <laughs> I was getting... <sighs> I got this. I was getting ready to sit on the porch. Pouch! <laughs> and get online when suddenly I heard a loud crash come from inside. I turned and saw something just in time. There was a form, gray-skinned, lightling, light, there was a form, gray-skinned, long-limbed, skeletal, hurrying towards the window. Mom? <laughs> I have no, no, it's Samantha. I have, Mom? <laughs> Mommy! Mommy? <laughs> I have no idea how I saw it coming, how dark. <laughs> it was you coming, might, you it was coming wanna, all over the place. You might want to do that again. I have no idea how I saw it, considering how dark it was. While it was coming, <laughs> I turned my flashlight on it, but as soon as I did, I didn't see it anymore. The light actually took it away. Still, in that short period of time, 
between seeing it and not seeing it. It reached the window, and the whole thing shattered outward. Damn. I took some hits from the bong, and luckily my eyes were closed. Yeah. I'm a bloody mess right now. Bloody. Not stopping to wash off. Wait, he took some hits from the grass shark. Glass shark. Okay, I thought it was a grass. Um... Yeah, so the you're thing take, broke you're the window. Too many hits from the grass. If you I know took what too I'm many saying. grass. Yeah. He took too many glass shards. Yeah. Are we still in the hole? So it sh- so it did shatter the window. Yeah, okay. ran up to the window. Yeah, and, and just like blasted it all exorcist style. Not stopping to wash it off, I went in the house through the window after I was certain that nothing else was coming through. So a window just shattered in your fucking face don't, and you go qu- towards don't, it. Don't question it. Don't question it. Looked around a little bit. When I got to the bedroom, I found out who the seizure ghost was. It's my fucking mother. No sign of dad. Maybe the uh, tie pin was keeping him away. I'm out. Making my way out to the graveyard, I have to find out whose names there are. It isn't very large. Searching it shouldn't take very long. Immediately after that, I'm heading to the manor. I've never been terrified of anything since the night I escaped Montego Manor. I've stood face to face with was demons demons. and gods and told them to eat shit. Eat shit. I don't know how to explain my current emotions. They, They just don't feel like they're mine. The buzzing sound is getting louder now. Whatever it is, it's getting closer. And it does not sound happy. I hear my name in it somehow. I mean, not my name, Ian's. I did mention this in a comment on a post, um, but someone asked me if I used the EMF detector, and I did. I read ahead. When I turned it on, the digital readout immediately displayed three, 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 and then burned out severely. It's almost as bad as six, six. Six. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, how long was that? Because I felt like that was quick. That was like two was and like a two half. pages. Do you want to take another part? Sure. Ransom Saga Update 8. I'm back. Um, but <laughs> shit will never be the same. Not for me. Not for you. Quite frankly, not for anybody. Let's see about that. Let me start out by pleading with you to understand that this is not my fault. Neither is it the fault of those of you who were brave enough to help me or even follow in my footsteps. I arrived at the graveyard that night and searched until I found the two most important bits of information to come out of the whole investigation. First, none of the Montegas are buried in the Ransom Graveyard. Secondly, my entire family is. I will. I, I feel like it would have been really cool if like it stopped right, bef- including me. Um, but like if so, so I was like, look at that about, line. It says everyone, including me. Including me. Um, if it had just stopped here, like he the glass exploded in his face and he found his mom and then just like done. I mean, yeah. Other other narratives have done that before, though. Yeah. My gravestone reads, Jonathan Michael Talbot. There we go. Born 1980. Went missing 1993. 
beloved son and brother, Memento Mori. Yeah, so now we know sister? his name is not Ian at all. Yeah. I have a winged skull and the words Memento Mori tattooed on my right shoulder in memory of Nate, Donnie, and Shane. I immediately went to Montego Manor, which was on top of the hill, as soon as I looked up from this. The buzzing now exponentially louder than it ever had been. As I got closer, I found the source, a large entity that seems to have taken form by influencing the insects which have passed through its incorporeal form. I'm going to call it a swarm. So this is what happens when we get those uh, amber alerts. It's like people are just like, yeah, I was with my uncle. It's like, you never had an uncle. We thought you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was difficult to get to the manor. The swarm entity was definitely searching for me. It took hours, but I made my way to the manor. It was dilapidated. Like most of Ransom had been the whole day, but not boarded up like it was in 1993. I entered in the front door, and after that, everything was dark. I read the story another Esper member posted years ago. It was mostly fiction. And he posi he posited. And he posited that my nemesis was not the lich of Desmond Montiga, as I suspected, but the still alive and insane Nate who I'd literally gone into the manor with. The answer is neither. Uh, it's a whole lot worse than both put together. Several years ago, I investigated the Gettysburg College campus. Funny story, last time I went to Gettysburg, we went on a night tr night tour, like the ghost tours. Mm -hmm. I was blacked the fuck out drunk and left. Right in the middle of the tour. Um, nice. In order to make sure I wasn't going somewhere I couldn't get back from, I inscribed a sigil on the inside of the front door of the bell tower. Yeah, when we got, we were all standing in a hotel together. There were like 12 of us or something. Uh, three of the dudes like came back to the room and like knocked on the door and woke me up to be like, we wanted to make sure you were alive. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, you just disappeared. And I was like, ah, sleep now. Good see us in the morning. Uh -huh. As you are known to do. <laughs> yeah. Ethereal. Both, both be really drunk and disappear randomly. In the darkness of the manor, I found a vaguely familiar door. I had been in the manor for six days, mm. and as I reached the handle, I thought of only escaping. Wait. Okay, hold on. We skipped ahead six days? Am I confused or am I drunk? Or both? Um, he's talking about... In, uh, as Get a kid? Gettysburg College. He's not talking about... He's not talking about Montego Manor. He's talk, He's telling a story about when he was at Gettysburg. Different manner. Just bad, bad okay. words. He's okay. mixing words. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you are drunk. I allowed my <laughs> willpower to encompass me and turn the handle. I emerged through the bell tower in Gettysburg, PA. No, I feel like he, he's in Ransom, and he goes to Montego, and then he goes inside, but he's inside for six days and comes out in Pennsylvania. No. No? He's telling a story. So he's, he's like, flashbacking. The here. answer is neither. Several answer, years ago, I investigated Gettysburg Campus. From that point forward, he's is, been telling is just a flashback. story about Gettysburg okay. Campus. 
Okay. For a very long time, everything was gray and foggy and abandoned. I walked around for about 20 minutes until everything returned to normal and then headed back to the campus to make a call. I contacted a surviving member of Esper and made another disturbing discovery. He had no idea who I was. I called myself Ian James McDermott and he sounded both like he was overjoyed and terrified all at once. He picked me up. My car and all my possessions are still in Branchville, Ransom, and Montego Manor. Yeah, he totally teleported from from Virginia to Pennsylvania. We're comparing stories now. He knows more about me and this Ian than even I do. I may post soon regarding this. I'm staying with him for a few days. Because some of you have been stupid, although commendably... commended commendably brave at the same time. I'm not divulging my current whereabouts. You said you were in fucking Gettysburg. Yeah. Here's the issue. Something is coming through. Not like an entity, but an entire plane of existence. And every entity that resides there. It has been their scheme all along. I must warn you, Anyone who has had contact with me is in danger. After reading some of your posts and comments, and the story about the two Redditors who were planning an excursion into Ransom, realizing many of you are having experiences, and some even seen the tall man, I'm afraid that even knowledge is damning you. If you have read these posts, or are even looking for Ransom on Google Maps, due to the Mimir... Due to, the mimetic, due to the mimetic link, you too are in danger. Other worlds are bleeding into this one, as is evidenced by the fact that Virginia First Bank is now showing up on Google Maps. Things are coming through. Esper is all but gone and cannot help. We have to figure out what to do. It's going to start affecting you. Especially you guys who went into Ransom. You'll start seeing the asshole and the four, now five, shadows. You may encounter lost loved ones. Or people from Ransom that have disappeared. 3am will suck for all of us. It'll be everywhere soon. I'll report back when I know more. Good luck. I guess. There's something weird going on about the way this guy tells a story. Yeah. For one second, he's in Montego Manor talking about the storm. And then he says, I read another story by a member who posted months ago. And several years ago, I investigated Gettysburg College campus. And somehow he goes from entering the manor yeah. and being there for six days and emerging back in Gettysburg. See, that's what I thought. It felt like he tele like no, it's teleported. No, it's just bad storytelling. But, yeah. The, the, it, honestly, there's nothing to connect these ideas, and it's starting to get a little bit frustrating. Um, See, I was, I was hoping I was just, like, drunk. And but he I'm had like, already said almost drunk. everyone who was in Esper was dead in an earlier chapter. So now, yeah. you know, this whole this whole double lives thing and 
double universes thing. It's it it takes a level of detail and a level of intuition to tell a story like this mm-hmm. that isn't being displayed by the author. That's fair. So I I can only hope that the follow-up narrative is someone who's actually like, let me put these random things together to actually make sense. Because the way the the story was told is non-linear and confusing. I also know full well I couldn't tell this story. Like, I couldn't write this. As someone who is a shitty fucking writer. Oh, okay, that's what you're saying. You know, like... I feel like as a good writer I think I am and yeah. and as someone who very much cares about detail yeah. you know repetition and fact and trying to create a context for your audience to latch on to I want to say this one has been pretty fucking floaty at best so my my expertise in like creativity is is the twists and the turns on the fly where like I can't make something overarching like this but I can, like, my details would be better than this details, but my overarching would very much, like, almost feel non-connected. I mean, you've heard my stories. Like, sure. you've heard me tell stories for a year and a half where it's like, where did we end up? None of us fucking knew at the beginning. I didn't even fucking know. I'd still be interested in seeing what you'd be able to do with a couple of couple of pages, which we'll, we'll get into later. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't necessarily have any, like, this is... I imagine this is the last four pages, and it's and it says yeah, it's going more into backstory. backstory. I don't. Well, I don't know if this is going to. We've been on backstory for forever. I don't know if this is going to matter. You know, it's it's hard, it's hard to see whether or not more backstory is going to inform the you guys are all kind of fucked because I've connected you to my story now, and the bad juju is going to follow you through the internet. Yeah, sure. The Ransom sure. Saga backstory sucks. It comes back to the you better care because you better care, and I'm like, but I didn't care, but I don't so care. I don't care. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. All is not well. My injury is severe. Someone asked for a picture. I had Callan take one. Who the fuck is Callan? Not only does the injury not appear, neither do I. Not even the indentation on the couch where I'm sitting. I'm physically here. I can interact with Callan, who is showing up fine on the photograph. We even tried a time photo and a video of me lifting him up, and he appears firmly on the floor in both. I'm so you're obvious, a fucking vampire now. Or you're just... It, it's that between realities thing. It's, yeah. it's he hopped over. Maybe I'm so far in between realities, there, my stories don't need to make sense. <laughs> I'm obviously very disturbed by this. <laughs> Nevertheless, I promised a bit more backstory in order to help everyone try to get to the bottom of the mystery. Someone asked I post about Callan and his involvement in Esper. I asked him if I could, and he told me no. I'm in his guest room right now on the internet, directly disobeying his wishes. So you've all heard of my investigation at Gettysburg College. This is probably a good place to begin, <laughs> considering he's a big part of the investigation. Hey, that Fuck thing you, that Callan. I was confusing about, here's a little bit more to make it less confusing. Let's get to it now, because it wouldn't have been pertinent to bring up earlier. We want Sorry, as- those headphone users. That's fine. <laughs> They're, they're ready. Yeah. We went as part of the church's summer camp. We had been asked by a pastor who was on board at our seminary for a group of us that could be good counselors and also throw in a good word for the school. About five of us went. Me, Callan, three members of the funk club who were not full espers. Weird things started happening the first night to everyone except me. As was usually the case, though, somehow people just instinctively somehow come to me about these things. I spent all night the first night we were there indoctrinating 20 teenagers into the knowledge of the thing we called funk. 
The next day, I assisted three teenagers in researching the history of the campus, and we learned about three hot spots. First, there was an elevator in the administration building. People had claimed to have unwillingly taken it down to a non-existent sub-basement to an old Civil War hospital, still choked with the screams of the injured and the stench of death. This was locked up, and we could not get in. Second was the arts building. There was a painting of a boy with a deep blue hue called the Blue Boy. I've seen this picture. Two teenage twin sisters reported to me that they went looking for it and saw a little boy dressed in blue in the hallway. He had run away and the girls had followed him. They lost him around the corner and when they came to the end the boy was gone, but he had led them to the painting. This would have been how the story went normally, but the girls complained from that point on they felt like they were being watched and one girl got deathly ill. I had to send them home from camp three days early. Finally, the art department. We spent most of the time here, so I'll focus on it. Count and I led two groups of five teenagers into the building. This current ransom thing is not the first time I'd experienced time slips, and neither was Gettysburg. We all synchronized our watches and approached the building. I've always been the leader of Esper, and my focus is the occult and spiritual astral entities. Callan was more of our Dr. Watson, preferring to follow and record his findings. He was always very interested in proof and evidence. He wanted to help those people who thought they were going crazy because of what they encountered by proving that they were experienced was real. This time, oddly enough, he begged me to let him lead the group. He took his camera, camcorder, cell phone. I remember mentioning using the phone signal as a kind of poor man's EMF detector. We went towards the building together and then broke up and went into two different entrances. And as we were heading in, Callan's camcorder, having just been unplugged from a full day of charging, went dead. His camera took one picture of the building and then also died. His cell phone, my EMF detector, both died. The temperature outside on a warm summer night in Pennsylvania became so cold in a matter of minutes that our breath was visible. We went our separate ways and my group entered the theater building, and immediately my team started reporting seeing the stone cherubs in the wall move, and shadowy figure moving in the control box above the seating. We went to check it out and the room was locked. A window in the door showed the whole room clear and no one was there. We went backstage and this is where things got out of control. One teen started complaining of his arm being itchy all over, and when I looked it over there were two letters clearly coming up in a series of scratches of pinpricks in his arm. They were J.K. His first name was Justin, but his last name didn't start with a K. And at that moment he made the discovery, one of the doors in the room began to bang loudly. Everyone freaked out, but I reminded them it could be the other group. This turned out to be false when the door buckled in and no one was on the other side. My group ran. I nearly tackled some of them to stop them from running, but they climbed up a small spiral staircase and made their way out. I looked over my shoulder and growled, You better not be here when we get back, because I'll get you with my Reddit forum. I took some time. It took some doing, but I managed to coax them back, except Justin, who had no intention of letting himself get further disfigured. On the way back in, we noticed a plaque. Brewa Hall, Klein Theater, dedicated to the memory of Jay Klein. Well, that was our JK. We went back in and made our way to the costume department, and this was directly behind the stage. Looking around, we found a wall covered in pen graffiti from previous performers. I looked away as another member of my group cried out. There was a back room full of mirrors. 
This must have been a dressing room, but for some reason light would not go into the room at all, not even our flashlights. Remembering what had happened to Henry a few years ago, I ushered everyone out. When I came back to the costume department, my team had made two major discoveries. First, on the graffiti wall was a sigil that looked vaguely Illuminati-ish. I hadn't seen it before and realized why. It disappeared when di direct light was shown onto it. The same thing went for a trap door in the corner. It was obviously a stage door and clearly should have been there, but it had been invisible to us in direct light. I had everyone put their flashlights in the opposite corner to give us enough ambient light to see, and we opened it. The second we did, a cold, freezing rush of air came up, and a second later a rack of clothes fell over in the corner. We had a few more experiences that night, but nothing too extreme. The important part came when we met back up with Callan outside. We got out of there at a fairly brisk pace because everyone started seeing shadow people and then my old friend, the tall man. We finally made our way outside and met up with Callan. His group had abandoned him, and the next day a bus left to take Justin and every member of Callan's team home. He had gone in by the spiral staircase in the costume department, which we had fled from. Immediately, his group experienced poltergeist activity and a loud voice streaming, Guess what? Abulabush Abumanahere. Or. I was going to say, I'm not even going to. Abulabush Abumanahere. Abulabush Abulabush. I don't know the second word. <laughs> Abumanahere? Yeah. They fled, leaving him alone. He said that as soon as they were gone, he tried to run. He went into the mirror room and pounded on a door until he broke through into a room where he heard screaming and footsteps. He then went back to the costume department looking for a way out, and he tried to escape. We came. He tried the escape we came in through, but some force knocked him back, and he fell down the shaft. The trap door closed on him and stayed closed until much later, and when it was opened, he climbed up the ladder as fast as he could and escaped. I asked him if he knocked over a clothes rack as he escaped, and he acknowledged that he had. That was the last major investigation he was a part of. Excuse me now. I have to go find out what's going on with my incorporeality. Ah. Four out of ten, and I feel like I'm being generous. So, I will, I will say... It sounds like an ARG, which means we're missing a lot because this means the author has been talking to the audience the entire time and possibly explaining more details sure this is the first time that's i've fair. tried that's accomplishing fair. something that's probably self-described as an arg on the show but you don't need to go too far to understand what they are marble yeah. hornets was an arg any of the Slenderman stuff on YouTube was ARG related. All that it means is that the person could have been making fake profiles for people, commenting from multiple direct sources as different characters, sure. putting stuff on Just different like websites, yeah, like statuses on Twitter, you know, little messages here and there that connect back to this story. Our scope is slim. I'm going off of no sleep. I don't know what I don't know. And even then, yeah. I would kind of still agree with what Where Am I said about it kind of just being okay. There are parts of the story I really like. Correct. I, there, there I like that last parts, part. Like, 
I had like eight moments. I like that and I last had like part two moments. where they were in the same space, but they were doing different things. And it's yeah. just because they went to a place that kind of fucked around with that level of reality, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen done many times. The, the best I could think of is that one video game that came out recently called Medium, which kind of plays on that concept where you can go through a space in one reality and go through it in another reality to influence both. Mm-hmm. Go back and forth. I also think of the film adaptation of Silent Hill when the mother and the daughter are kind of in the same space as uh, Sean Bean's character and uh, he's just kind of like I can feel them, you know, I feel them near me I know they're okay type of thing Yeah I, I and I, I say this trying to still remain humble um, by because saying that not I'm done. not the greatest writer in the world. You're being humble because we haven't actually heard the entire story yet. We're, this also is only true. the halfway point. But if if I feel like if this had been written by an English major, immediately a six. Like there were just some writing flaws that the nonlinear didn't help either. Like, yeah, like, like the reason bedtime is a fun read is because the guy ki- the guy tells which this reminds me of bedtime by the way, because. What the guy in bed, Bedtime does is he separates his story from a part one and a part two perspective. Because mm-hmm. it's the same story at the end of the day. Um, part one is all, I'm I'm an adult remembering the three scariest ghost moments that happened to me when I was a kid. And now I'm going back to my old home just to kind of see if that bad juju is still there. Mm-hmm. And when he goes back to the home... That he, that he grew up in, he feels it from the outside and tells the story about when he was there. Mm-hmm. And then he tells the story about where he moved to and the and the natural story follows. And then, you know, the bad juju reconnects. And then for part two, it's all about him expelling the bad juju as an adult. So sure. it's not necessarily was demons. It's, it's more uh, ghosts. It's more ghosty ghosts. Um, but it does tread into similar was demons territory at the same time, uh, especially the second part. And um, there, there is something about a nonlinear narrative that can be really entertaining. Yeah. You know, like a, like a pulp fiction where you're, well. where you're seeing different characters interact over time. Sure. This was not a good example. Yeah. This was an example where this guy kind of, I feel like obviously is making things up on the cuff and just kind of adding to things when he feels like he can, yeah. and just kind of making different posts to interact with different people on different levels. Now, the cool thing about that is that it can go in any direction. The bad thing about that is it goes in too many directions, and we never quite know how to quantify it or or add it all up into the same progress. What we, what we end up getting is a story that's told five different things, and has none of them have been solid. I, I feel like the author almost has, like, three different vices, and there were some parts of the story that it was really high, or not really high, but, like, I just think some parts of the story that he was drunk, I just think some it's part a he was kid. high, the and story, some part he was on painkillers. This was, no, this was just a stupid kid who, his, you know, he's Define been... Define kid, like, 14-year-old? I want to say high school, early college, that, that you know... He's a creative writing major, or he he's a part of a creating club, a creative writing club, in high school, and people have told him he's really good, so he tries his hand at Reddit and tries creating an ARG, and like 
I'm sorry. Being someone who manages a D&D group now with over 100 pages in writing, mm-hmm. managing an, a, an online ARG is not something you can just wing. Yeah. You, you know, you have like, to have planning. This strikes, like, there are reasons why, like, the best ARGs out there are ones that, like, people essentially paid for, like, studios produced them like Mm -hmm. the best ARGs I can think of are like the ones related to J.J. Abrams films like Super 8 and uh, Cloverfield Lane like the original Cloverfield had one of the coolest background ARGs I've ever seen Um, I was probably more into that one than any of the other ones but it's like that was a studio with people doing work and people being paid for how good they were doing it someone Mm -hmm. who grew up liking those things just kind of posting a story on Reddit trying to do like you know, this, this, this homebrew marble hornets type of thing where like, Hey, look at me. I'm telling a story from multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's tough. You can't yeah. just, you can't just jump into that. That's a, that's a, that's a, a lake with too many, you know, lines being spread outward in different directions that you aren't prepared to keep track of. And it's, it's clear from the storytelling because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's why the story goes, here's a two page update of some bullshit I'm making up about a town that doesn't exist. Yeah. And here's an eight-page short story that I wrote that sounds like it would fit in a collection of kids who had supernatural experiences growing up. Mm-hmm. It's, it is it is two different narratives, and there's subtle overlap, and there's complete displacement. Oh, guess what? Samantha was naked. Oh, by the way, make you care. But then the ending is, by the way, they're all dead now. Yeah. So what the fuck was sure. the point of telling the story? Yeah. That spooky shit has been following you? This is the seventh example you've told us that spooky mm. shit has been following you your entire life. Yeah. You are just You told me about your uncle water. like I was into spooky stuff, you know, like, cool. And then you said your uncle didn't exist in this, in, you know, two stories later. Like, yeah. And that's what I'm, I'm like, saying. Uh, that's why I'm saying okay. by these, these lines that you, that you cast out as a, as an author, you need to be prepared to catch them. You need to be prepared to, to meet these expectations. Like... You can't start your first post saying my hometown doesn't exist and then just not talk about tell anything about yeah. it. Yeah. I guess I'm disappointed, but I think Hey, my hometown didn't exist, which is why there's nothing you're going to ever know about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's absent of any actual detail. Yeah. When it shows up, it sounds exactly like what he talked about except old mm-hmm. and vacant. Hey, there's a gas station in my old town. It's almost like he And guess did... what else? There's a gas station in my old town. Oh, there's that spot the people died, but there's a gas station in my old town. Oh, did yeah. you know there's a gas <laughs> station in my old town? By the way, I think this kid definitely played too much Silent Hill. Yeah. And I think they looked a little bit too much into uh, that town in PA that is known for... Uh, sure. What's, what's it called again? I, told, I, I, I totally forget. Burning fire. Yeah, b- burning town. Bur- yeah. <laughs> burning town, PA. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone knows that Silent Hill is based off of this actual town that exists that still supposedly has people living in it, despite the fact that they don't let people or, like, new commercial businesses come into their town. Like, mm-hmm. it's under, like, a reserve property, I suppose. There's the people that live there have lived there their entire lives, and then there's, yeah, like... one of those, we can't like, kick cops. you out, but we can tell you can't come in. There are cops that, like, like va- you know, vacate the outskirts of the town to keep people from going into it because it is technically hazardous. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's, like... It's literally on fire. Yeah, like the well, the underground. Yeah, like yeah. all the all the coal mines have been lit, and they haven't stopped like burning over time. Um, 
it's it's funny and it's interesting, but like that has a cool premise. You just telling me that you almost killed your friends in some spooky dooky house when you were a kid isn't actually all that interesting. Yeah. And, and when you don't make it mean anything, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, and, and by the way, a, and it's just I was end. the one that almost killed people, but then never did anything evil ever again in my life. And in fact, I started a cult and kids loved me. Yeah. For all the spooky shit I did. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird story. Yeah. Ransom. I'm going to say, I, I think... I'm going to say Ransom Saga kidnapped me on this, on this storytelling adventure. I still think from the beginning, I was more interested in the nonfiction than the fiction. And I pray that to still be true, right? I still let's, look forward to the nonfiction Let's read part. what I, let's read the beginning of what I copied just sure. to get an idea of what's coming in the, in the next episode. It's an, I did note it as an unrelated companion and it's a post-discussion thread called Unearthing the Mystery of the Ransom Saga, and it's outlined as a search into the no-sleep mystery, a story on no-sleep which, while at first glance seems fictional, contains backstory that several people, including myself, happen to have lived through and experienced firsthand. This is an investigation into the story. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't sound like the original author wrote it. Unearthing the mystery of the Ransom Saga. So are they saying they also lived in Ransom? It almost sounds Maybe, like... Maybe, or the st- Ransom is just a fun word for, used like, for the yeah, actual yeah. town that, that you know... Because they do that in remakes and stuff. Uh, sure. What do, they, what do they call them? Like uh, Parallels? Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm more so saying like they're pseudonyms for real life traumatic events like in when you watch like an episode of unsolved mysteries and they they have the person's like mm-hmm. like the person who's talking to the camera is like blacked out because their identity is is kept yeah. they'll call them like joe in quotes yeah. but it won't actually be this joe like it's just a guy who is related to the story coming mm. forward to add detail but other than other than that was just a context you know a context clue sure um I think that sounds interesting. I hope it's not written by the same person. I think it'll be evident the minute we get into yeah. it whether say, or not we'll it was. That out pretty quick. Because it'll probably start if it starts sounding self important and it immediately changes topics after a paragraph, then it was written by the, <laughs> the mm. same person. But if it doesn't and it actually starts to break things down and kind of tell a story, I'm in. Sure. Any thoughts? Loose thoughts, last minute thoughts, Cl- um, closing thoughts, if you will. No, I was contemplating making the uh, the four out of ten comment and just walking out of the room and just like <laughs> letting you do your own thing. I would have just said all the same shit I just said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that is my closing thoughts. Is you know like four out of ten. I I will say, if the post is significantly better than the actual story, yeah. I think it could raise it up in my opinion. I mean, definitely, you know, but, like, but it would take a lot of, yeah, it would take a lot of, uh, the post Pe- would Pepe need, Sylvia yeah. like, yarn lines to connect things. The post would need to be like an eight and it would bring the regular story up to like a five and a half. 
Oh, definitely. You know, like, I can see the story. That's, that's I can plausible. see the story reaching as high as a six if the connecting story is well, you know, written well enough. It's a six that, as long as I don't have to puts, read it again. If it puts it together mm-hmm. in a way that makes it more interesting or even adds yeah. to it in in any way to make it more spooky, then like, yeah, I'm into it because like. Again, this isn't the first time we've done something like this. Um, Correct. Going back to the Whistler series, um, I'm not even sure if it's all written by the same person, but someone wrote a two-part series from the woman's perspective in the story, and then about 15 episodes later, we realized someone wrote a completely different side of the story from the guy's perspective from the same story in the original one. So... You know, these could have been written by two different people who are just equal caliber storytellers and wanted to tell the same type of story, or this could be the same person just experiencing with different points of view. So now we're going to get into whether or not that is actually the case, or if it's interesting enough to actually read through. If, if it just sucks, then it'll just be an hour and a half of us bitching some more. <laughs> so what you're saying is we should bring mushrooms for the next episode? No, absolutely not. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs>